0: Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Jack.
1: You know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane podcasting. Just literally 20 (laughs) seconds of just embarrassing Podcasting, and I promise you, something podcast will come out of it. Oh my god! Hey everybody, my name is Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. Welcome to Blank Check. This is a podcast in which David and I, yes, a a film critic and cultural writer. I that's me, and an actor, comedian, respectively. I was gonna say respectively, so that the positions were clear. Mm-hmm. Analyze the filmographies of important directors
2: who make
1: big creative projects
2: yeah sometimes that work or don't
1: yeah sometimes they got a big success early on they get a so called blank check to cash in on crazy passion projects premise established premise established we do mini series we tackle different directors and we're complete as we go through the whole filmography and uh right now we are talking about one cameron crow uh this mini series is titled we pod a cast Yes, and we have come to the moment the that everyone's been waiting for episode of We Podcast. We're going to talk about the 2011 comedy drama talkie. We bought a zoo. Yes, and to join us in talking about that film is no guest but the third member of our triangle. Now, David, of course, you and I are hashtag the two friends. That is correct. Thank you for mentioning that up at the top. Because we're good friends and we host a podcast together, and that is our hook. And there's two of us. There are two of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. But there's a third man. There's a third
2: man. Playing the zither in the background. Yep.
1: Harry talking Lime about, himself.
2: Talking about cuckoo clocks.
0: Is that what he <laughs> talks about? Yeah.
1: yeah, something like that. Uh, he produces this show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh
1: that's true. Producer Ben. I mean, that's, yeah, of course, you're going to call him, producer Ben, because he's the producer, but he's also the pro-doer, he's also the ben he's the poet laureate, he's... Yeah, you remember what to do. We've cut one name out oh. of this. <laughs> Mr. Positive. <Hasidu. laughs> nice. So this was suggested by listener and a friend of the show, uh, Patrick Cottner, Walks the Walk Cottner, who uh, suggested we combine the Haas and Mr. Positive into Mr. Positive. There was a lot of hand-wringing. I guess for the sake of Time expediency. Which so far is working out grandly. <laughs> and I plan to explain this every episode from here on out. <laughs> we are now going with Mr. Hositive. He's also Birthday Benny. He's also the tiebreaker. He's the peeper. Mm. He's the fuckmaster. He is not Professor Crispy. Nope, not yet. You can wish him a hello fennel if you see him on the, on the streets. Yes. Of New York. And... I want concrete jungle oh, no, no. where bends are made of. <laughs> Absolutely not. No,
2: and and he has some podcast specific names uh, reflecting our history and culture and society in this podcast. Yes. Uh, producer Ben Kenobi. Yes. Kylo Ben. Yeah. Ben Knight Shyamalan. Yes. Ben Sate. Yes. Now, my friend Dan Didario, uh huh, te- television critic for Time Magazine, yeah, recently suggested say Benny think
1: that's as really as his Cameron good. Crow, oh, I which like that a lot.
2: it's a, like you know he messages it to me and I'm just like,
1: how did we it's not incredible. see it? And he came up with the last one too, right? Did he come up with Ben Say? I don't think I can't remember okay. who came up with Ben Say, and that's unfortunately lost to the sands of time forever. We can never figure that out.
2: But but I feel like there were a couple other contenders. We're just getting close to the end yeah, of we're our series. Cl- I mean, we're we're seeing and we're going to need a new name sunset. for Ben. Yes,
1: I mean, uh you had me at Hello Fennel. I feel like is more of a phrase than it is a, yeah, a name. Yeah, I, I don't think that can linger. Yeah. Uh, say say Benny thing, uh, uh, Benny Lane was thrown out. Benny
2: Lane is good. Benny Lane is Here's good. Here's the
1: one thing I don't like about Benny Lane. There's obviously so much association with the Beatles there and it might not sound like it's yeah, it's like, proprietary yeah. it's not, he to didn't, the miniseries.
2: And it's a real person's name too, which, who he, which he borrowed. And we want to like show respect. Yes. We're, yes, gesturing, we're gesturing, gesturing to the air conditioning system yes. of this studio.
1: Yes. Yeah, the ASPCA offices which are on the 10th floor of the building we're currently recording in. Is that who's up in? there? I think, know my, I think they're actually on the 8th floor. Who's on 10th? Ben, who's on 10? Who's on first, Ben? Ben 10?
0: Uh, oh, what is it? Who's on
1: first? Wait a second. Wait a second. David, four million comedy points. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, to Abin Costello, not to you. Four yes, million comedy good points job, to Abin Ab Costello. And Costello. Yeah. You remember that Studio 60
2: on the Sunset Strip episode? You're going to
1: listen to this and you're going to
3: laugh <laughs> and laugh. Where Nate Corddry
1: tells his parents listen to who's on first. Have you ever, what is he, a time traveler? Can we do an entire miniseries just on <laughs> Absolutely that not. scene oh, from God. Studio 60? Have you ever oh, seen Studio 60 God. on the Sunset Strip, Then I have not. Okay, so it's it was a fucking Aaron Sorkin. It was a
2: weighty drama about the production of SNL, essentially. But
1: then in episode two, they established hey, that SNL exists, so they're, <laughs> they're mad not? TV. This, this was the same year as 30 It came Rock. out
2: the same year Whoa. on the same network on NBC. And
1: they were like, I can't believe NBC would pick up two fictionalized SNL shows. And everyone
2: was like, but, you know, the Sorkin one's probably going to last, and the Tina Fey one won't That's last. That's a favor. Yeah, They're doing
1: that yeah. as a favor, and it's not going to last.
2: And then, of course, Tina Fey wins, like, three comedy series Emmys in a row, and Studio 60's canceled after
1: one season. We're sidetracking before you can get onto the thing, but I have to tell this story. Oh, no. I, I, did, oh, I, no. I did a summer program at, like, NYU at Tisch, right? When I was in high school. Uh, you've talked about it before In this film program, right, yes, yes How they locked us in and, Yeah, you've talked about it before Right uh, And and listener, f- friend of the show, uh, Chris Cookson Pointed out that we actually did see like 10 movies as a group that summer And I was wrong when I said we only saw one Makes sense You are a liar and a fabulous That is true I am the Donald Trump of this podcast for a reason and can I say something else? This podcast does not endorse Donald Trump It doesn't, we've said it or before Or his antics We'll say it again <coughs> Don't vote Trump. You pointed out that Ben earned those fucking nicknames by doing miniseries after miniseries, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If Donald Trump comes up here and asks us to hand him a fucking series nickname, like like it's a goddamn Purple Heart, go. Oh, it's a lot easier this way. Fuck you, is Donald he Trump. James Gandolfini. <laughs> uh, uh, come on, uh, come on. I'm I'm where the wild things are.
2: <laughs> Off the rails. This is terrible.
1: Donald Trump, you want to fucking, right. you want to fucking get a nickname, you got to come in, you got to work, have, you got to hit the streets every no, day, you got to work on the serious, ground
2: floor. I have a serious question for you. Yeah. If Donald Trump wanted to be on this podcast, would you let him? 100%. Okay, so you're as craven
1: as no, Lord no, Michaels. No, 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 no. In all In all seriousness, I would not. I would not. I don't respect his opinions. What do I want to hear him fucking say about Aloha?
2: It's fair. You know? You know, I watched a while back this weird clip of letter, him on Letterman in the 90s, in the late 90s, uh-huh. because he's... He's in the film Celebrity, the Woody Allen film, for like half a second, and he's talking about the film, and he's like, it's very good, you know, like he's trying to sort of, and it's obvious he hasn't watched it. He maybe saw his scene. Yeah. And then he starts bragging about how Leonardo DiCaprio is like an
1: incredible actor. It's it's just weird. What a weird guy. Do you think he watches movies? What does he do? I don't think so. Uh, so Although he was very angry about uh, these new Ghostbusters being women. Was he angry about that? Oh, he was one of the first people to go... They're, oh, the, yeah, no, yeah, he has the They're vine. talking about recasting, uh, they're, they're talking about recasting uh, Indiana Jones and now the Ghostbusters are ladies. What's, what's going on here in America, I you forgot. know? Yeah, yeah, he sounds, that's not even a good James Gandolfini. No, now I'm trying to just do a whole nother not thing. doing a p- bad thing. I feel like I'm doing a bad impression of Up Tompkins' bad impression of Cake Boss. Hey, uh,
2: I'm James Gandolfini. I've got a pretty good Scott Duke, uh, Bob Duca.
1: Let me hear Bob Duca. She can't.
2: <laughs> 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 six glorious months. <laughs> it's not perfect. It's not perfect. <laughs> I've been saying six not, not glorious terrible. months. Not I can't, I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Anyway, I was doing it, re- my my roommate, uh, ex-roommate now, uh, recently discovered Bob Duca, so I've been uh, batting around a lot of Bob Duca lines.
1: Can I get back to important matters here? Kevin Feck. <laughs> I can't quite get, anyway, go yes. When I was in this NYU summer program- <laughs> They had like guest speakers who were trying to let us know as 15-year-olds what, what the film industry was going to be And who was like. your guest speaker? It was, uh, uh, I, I don't remember his name, but he was uh, a gentleman who worked in programming for HBO. Okay. Right? Oh, this is so off the road. And usually there were guest lectures, but this is such a good story I have just to share. Just finish it. Finish the story. He said, look, I know most people come here and they do a whole lecture first. I just want to show you something, mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. This is a pilot episode. It hasn't premiered yet. It's going to premiere in three months. Okay. Of Aaron Sorkin's new show, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, and a bunch of us turned to each other and went, "Oh my <gasps> wow, god!" Because wow. this was like the most hyped pilot. He was the West Wing guy, and the pilot, the buzz was off the charts. Sure. Right. And we went, "Oh my god, fucking holy shit!" Yeah. Like, let's just start it. We're going. Oh my god, we're getting right there. We watch it. Everyone applauds at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the pilot was pretty strong. Even the if you pilot go back is and watch okay, it,
2: although now if you go back and watch it, you see you can all see the signs. Oh yeah,
1: but it it does still kind of work it, it as moves. an hour of television, it basically right? Moves. And it's got some really good scenes, and the performances yeah. are really good. And he goes, okay, so now that you've seen that, here's the point of my lecture. My question is, what do you possibly program against Studio 60 at the Sunset Strip? Uh huh. And the thesis of his lecture was. Any show that goes up against this is like,
2: doomed. It's like Kevin Durant joining the Warriors
1: this yeah. year. It's like everyone's just like, you know what? Let's take yeah. the year off. Let's take that off. He said no one is not going to want to watch this. Yeah, It, was it like- has a ton of beloved stars. It's interesting subject matter. It's going to work for men and women equally. It's political. Yeah, no, I it's get artistic. it. It's yeah, artistic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I just, it's insane to think back. He was like, this is a juggernaut. Yeah, yeah, I want you as a creative exercise to think, what do I, uh, programming on HBO what could I possibly put on a Monday night against this? And that was the entire lecture was people suggesting. Okay,
2: things. is that the end of your story? It's a different
1: time back then. Yeah, it was an it anecdote. It was a
2: different time, two thousand and six. Yeah.
1: 2006. Anyway, uh, Ben Hosley is here with us today.
0: Hey, man. <laughs> I'll, let me tell you guys. What's I, our running time right now, Benny? Forty-five minutes. Uh, well, about ten. <laughs> okay, oh, good. Boy. Okay, okay. But uh, hey, you know, guys, I'd buy a zoo. Hey,
1: I'd buy a zoo. Would you? Yeah. I would, too. I would, too. And uh, I, was, I was trying to think of a more clever transition to even bridge it. But no, let's just talk about, let's talk about this movie. The year was 2011, okay? Yeah. Cameron Crowe has been off the map for years.
2: Um, when does uh, Elizabethtown come out, 05 or 06?
1: I believe 05. Am I wrong about that? Was it 06? Yeah, no, 05.
2: Yeah. 05. So in between Elizabethtown Town. And we bought a zoo. Yeah. He had made two music documentaries,
1: uh, one we, about Pearl Jam. Yes, and Pearl one, Jam 20. And and then The Union. Which is about Elton John and Leon Russell, I believe. That sounds right. Yes. Uh, we're debating whether or not to cover those because we're-, we're not going to cover those. They had both- co- We're not. In, in the name of not hemorrhaging listeners, I think that's the big thing. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but they both came out-
2: Honestly, they both came out in 2011. So, yeah, he'd been pretty quiet. Yes. I feel like he'd been like- Writing, like, liner notes for, like, album reissues a lot of kind of, like,
1: hanging out. He started his own—I don't know if they did a bunch of releases, but I know. He started his website, The Uncool, and they yeah. started posting a lot of stuff on there, and he started blogging a lot, writing things for other releases and stuff like that. He also—I uh, know he released—because I bought it, uh, like, a vinyl pressing of the Harold and Mod soundtrack, which had never been released in a form Interesting. before. Interesting. Cool. Because most of that soundtrack is Cat Stevens songs that were on different albums. They never bothered to release a combined soundtrack, right? And I have this like beautiful, like it was like my Christmas present this year, that year. This beautiful, like clearly designed and created by a mm-hmm. huge fan. Mm-hmm. And this is topical because uh, he's a good fan. He's a good fan. But, go on. but that's what he was sort of doing. Topical because he uses a. Uh, uh, um, Oh, jeez. Which fucking Cat Stevens song does he use in this movie? I don't know. And there it is. That's the one. Uh, uh, you're there, you're there, you're there. Why can't I remember the name of that song? I don't know or don't, care. I keep on thinking it's the Don't Think what is, Twice, which is the Mike Birbiglia movie. Don't Think Twice. All right, Mike wh- wh- Can you please Real get to your nice. point? Uh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is the worst thing that's ever happened. That's what he was doing. He was releasing vinyl soundtracks and writing liner
2: yeah. notes and Well, the other thing we should note yes. is that he was working on a film called Deep Tiki. Deep tiki. And it was plagued with production problems or script problems or what like it never was getting off the ground. But at one point was a month away from filming. It
1: was this thing that it ben was. Ben Stiller like, and Reese Witherspoon yeah. attached to Star. And it fell it kept falling apart. Yeah. Scott and, Rudin producing. Right. And yeah. so he
2: decided to pick up this, like, based on a true story movie.
1: Well, this is what I've heard, okay? D- P- Tiki was a passion project. I mm-hmm. think he, he took a while to lick his wounds because clearly- D- Tiki, of course, eventually becomes Aloha. Just yes. For the yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, you watch Elizabeth Town, and clearly that is a movie by a man who feels very wounded by the critical rejection of- Of Elizabeth Town. Of Vanilla Sky. Oh, sure. Right. Well, yes. I think yes. Elizabethtown is a guy feeling his first feeling, failure. Feeling
2: rejection from yeah. critics, but also obviously seemingly turning over the loss of his uh, right. his debt.
1: Yes, both. Yes. yes, But also Vanilla Sky made a ton of money. And then you have Elizabethtown, which loses a ton of yeah, money and is hated. Right? It's a bomb by any metric, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I know you don't like to psychoanalyze the filmmakers too much with things that aren't, uh, you know, concrete. No, no, but go ahead. Uh I have a feeling that Cameron is a pretty sensitive guy. Yeah, he seems a little sensitive. <laughs> right? I, I mean, say this yeah. as a fellow softy. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a sensitive guy. I think those two movies back to back hit him pretty hard. I think he took a while to lick his wounds. I think he took a while to write uh, Deep Tiki. And about, you know, 2008, 2009 maybe, you know, they're trying to get that off the ground and for a while it's not going. And I think he was pretty wounded and he felt like he was kind of a reject. He goes through a divorce around this time too. Right. So I think his life was in a bit of upheaval and he's reevaluating everything. What I hear is that Tom Cruise, who of course has been a big champion throughout buddy his career, buddy of Cameron's, right? And we didn't been mention in two this, of his movies produced Elizabeth. No, we as did well. mention. it. Oh, We, we did, did mention that. Yeah. Okay, uh, kind of had like a. Um, I, I <sighs> yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I I don't want to say. Uh, an intervention, but was like, dude, you need to make a movie sure. again. Just, like you need just, to get back. You gotta on get the horse. something
2: out there. You've been too long.
1: And I have heard that apparently, Cruise he was called like, Cameron. No, I can't do it. Cruise called in a lot of favors and like went to studios and said like, please hire Cameron Crow. It, you, all right, that that's is that true? That I've heard sounds that. Crazy I think if you Google me. that, you can find
2: that. More mediocre filmmakers have less trouble making a movie
1: than Cameron Crowe. I think it was more that Cameron Crowe didn't want to put himself out there. Well, and okay. so this thing that happened was Fox had this property. We bought a zoo. Yeah, they had attached. Aline Brash McKenna. Yeah, the, the writer
2: of Devil Wears Prada.
1: Yes. Uh, to adapt it, and the script never totally worked, right? But I guess they had a lot of belief in this being a, a good uh, starting point for a family dramedy, right? Yeah, sure. And I hear that, you know. And it's at- based on this true story, or would you believe it? Journalist buys a zoo. Boy, oh boy. Bought that too. I think uh, Cruz goes around and says to people, like, hey, yeah. I, I'm trying to get Karen Crow to do something, and someone at Fox goes, this might be interesting to see if he had a take on rewriting this.
2: Yeah, and also it it basically fits his sensibility in that it's a pretty gentle movie. Yes. Like it's not, you know, an action epic or but whatever. But what
1: I've yeah. heard is that, I mean, he has credited Tom Cruise thanking him for getting him back into making movies and for setting We Bought a Zoo up in a very unofficial early capacity. We Bought a Zoo. But also it's you important You could say mention- that he bought a zoo. He bought a zoo. After Fox bought the rights to We Bought a Zoo. They should make a film about the making of We Bought a we Zoo. Bought, we Bought a Zoo? Yes. Yeah, that'd be great. It's a film about creative executives. Um, my, my point is that Cameron Crowe didn't go like, oh, God, what am I going to adapt next? We Bought a Zoo. It was kind of thrown at him like, do you want to take a look at this and see if you have something? He ran through his typewriter and he went, okay, I, I think I'd make this. I think they even at first were just like, do you want to try rewriting this and see if you'd want to direct it? Um, but it's the only one of his properties that he didn't really like develop from the ground up. You know, uh, Vanilla Sky was obviously adapted, but he was there from square one. Mm-hmm. This was him taking over a project, and it wasn't something he, like, sought out. Well, if I can elaborate on that also, yeah. he
2: makes Vanilla Sky, I'm which sorry, is Vanilla Sky. Vanilla- We've been messing makes, up all this He episode. makes Vanilla yeah. Sky. Vanilla and, Sky. And uh, that's, you know, that's a Tom Cruise passion project, as well as a Cameron Crowe passion project, but, you know, that has it. It's a TCPP. Yeah. Exactly. And then he makes. And a CCPP. And then, you know, it's this... a
3: TCCCPP.
2: I'm going to leave. I'm gonna leave, I swear to God. No, and in Elizabethtown, movie. he makes like the most Cameron Crowe movie yeah. ever, right? It's just yeah. like he's laying it all out there. It's this like big, wounded, open heart of a movie with like no real plot, and it's just fucking nonsense. So with We Bought A Zoo, he's it like, was a plot. It's We Made a Shoe. <laughs> oh, God. And then with We Bought A Zoo, he's like, literally, I would say, doing the other thing. No, <laughs> one comedy point. No, you only you can give ben? the comedy point. I liked it. Two comedy. Films. Yeah! <laughs> uh, okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Um. And then with We Bought a Zoo, he's doing the opposite thing where it's like, okay, okay, forget it. I yeah. won't make a movie that's like the inside of my brain right. scored to like a soundtrack that I like have been crying about for yeah. a week. I'll just make like, great, he bought a zoo? What a great story. I'll make like the most formulaic little Hollywood, yeah. you know, mini budget, mid-budget picture you could ever imagine. Like, it's not gonna hurt anyone's feelings no <laughs> one's gonna really care about it like yeah. you know like because i'm sure elizabeth town has like some sort of passionate core of fans like there must I, be i believe sophie
1: Peralt, a uh, listener of our podcast is a is a fan I, yeah. there are other people yeah no sure yeah.
2: whereas like
1: i mean I, joe robinson didn't joe robinson joanna robinson
2: yeah. seems to like elizabeth town okay. but she's a huge camera crew fan i think right. it but like find me the Cameron Crowe fan who thinks We Bought a Zoo is his best movie. Like, okay, no one, I agree surely, with you. right? No, one, you know. no one's going to go to the mat. it safe, is what I'm saying. Yes,
1: but but here's a thing, and, and we're going to get into this movie, but here's an a interesting prism I want to throw out from the get-go. Uh-huh. A prism I think we should view Uh, We Bought a Zoo from. Yeah. I think Uh, this is the film... That makes the strongest argument for uh, Cameron Crowe being an auteur in the sort of strict auteurist theory kind of way, because it is not a personal film for him. Sure, but it still feels very Cameron Crowe. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it's unmistakably a Cameron Crowe film without being something that he cooked up. Without- I'll give you.
2: I'll give you this. Yeah, but I feel like it's more like there's these moments where you're like, oh, like there yeah. it is. Yeah, but then there's also like. Ooh, here's our 50th reaction shot from an ostrich. Hmm, well, great. So just what we need. Let's
1: start getting into the meat of the film. But I just want to right, set well, that out as a as a thing, because right. I, I'm going to make some arguments towards that point. I'm going to make... For better or worse, I think this film shows... Yeah, no, I know, know what you mean. Yeah, n- no, because he's no...
2: Whatever, who's like a totally... Who directed David Frankel? He's no yes. David
1: Frankel. Right. Who, who directed you know, The Devil It's fine, but like, yes. No, yeah. You could see... He's a competent You could see a version of this film guy. that was written by Aline Brosh McKenna sure. and directed by Dave Frankel. Right and would be solid, sturdy, but lacking any real character. Absolutely. And this film has a lot of personality. Yeah.
2: So that's right. Where I diverge with you, I think it has some personality, and then other times it, it feels a little more, you know, blah, blah, blah.
1: I'm not always saying personality in a positive way. I think it has personality from beginning to end. Well, we've staked we'll out our positions. Okay. Now,
2: I'm going to make fun of this movie, because yeah. it is about buying a zoo, and it's ridiculous. And it's called We Bought a Zoo. It's called I mean, We it's Bought a Zoo, which is easy like... to make fun of this movie. It's just... It's kind of like that thing when like you're a kid and like the kid who gets picked on a lot wears some like obnoxious nerdy T-shirt and you're just like, why are you oh, doing do that? You know, or he you're starts like yelling at it. people about, I don't know, like the nerdiest thing, like Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah. you're just like. I don't, don't. I don't want to pick. I'm not picking on you, but don't, like, don't wear
1: Donald Duck sneakers. Are you fucking you know, kidding speaking me? Speaking
2: as someone don't who was, don't eat your boogers. You know they're I, looking right. for reasons speaking, to punch exactly, you. Exactly. Someone yeah. who was, you know, a nerdy guy, ditto. But like, was also someone who kind of tried to keep that shit as under wraps as possible. You know,
1: that's where you and just I to kinda, just to kind of, yeah. just to kind of, like,
2: you know, avoid rocking the boat too much. When I, they, there yeah. would be that guy who wouldn't, you know, who would let it all hang out and you admire it. But at yeah. the same time, like when they were getting picked on, yeah. sometimes
1: you'd be like, did you have to be called? We bought a zoo, you know? <laughs> and like, and like. I feel like at the time, because we didn't know each other. With is, y- is children? No, no, no. I'm saying you and I had not met when We Bought a Zoo came out. No. We had not, but I'm I, sure. Yeah. Yes, no. which means I, a lot of our uh, our mutual friends who I met through you and sort of the, the film writing criticism community, mm-hmm. uh, I had not met yet either. But I feel like uh, my friends who are fellow cinephiles and, uh, you know, just film Twitter people I was following at the time, there was the sentiment of like, oh, come on, you're killing me here. Because people wanted to see like whether or not they liked him. The yeah. idea of Kevin Crow right, being right. back. Because for a while it was like, is he ever gonna make yeah, a movie again? Right, right, right. And it's it was like he had fucking...
2: made one flawed film and one out and out bomb. It wasn't yeah. like it was like
1: Impossible that he right, could Right. It was like, it oh maybe
2: he'll just have another Jerry Maguire in his back pocket, you know, whatever. He might like, be a Stella. Yeah.
1: He might get his groove back. Ten comedy points. I wasn't I was trying to be profound. I was looking for <laughs> ten profundity points. <laughs> what? You don't know about profundity points? <laughs> All right, move on. Um I just remember the sentiment being that like it, when you'd walk by a poster or the trailer would come up in a theater, you just like put your head in your hands and be like, "Come on, man, just fucking change the title." I'm trying to like <sighs> What fight would you call you it? What would I call this one? Well, this is the problem. So I was watching it last night trying Family to come up with a better <laughs> title. Family Zoo. Yeah. Hey, here's a game. Uh has uh, tweet at us. Yeah,
2: a better title yeah. than We Bought a Zoo.
1: Yeah. Uh I'd love to hear some suggestions. I, I watched the whole movie and I couldn't fucking think of one Dead that was Mom, less
2: Live animals. That's good. That's good. I would I would green like that.
1: I'd call it uh uh warning live humans. <laughs> don't don't feed the dad. <laughs> Please do not feed the dad. Oh, dad likes zookeeper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um uh a a, a zoo home. Uh I I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you call it. But just like you could also just call it like uh Benjamin Mee's Great Adventure. It, I guess
2: so, yeah. I don't know.
1: Just don't call it We Bought a Zoo. Any collateralized
2: felt, debt obligations because it's about, you know, all the money he's sinking. Here,
1: here's a question. Like what's what's the best movie title that also functions as a complete sentence like that? Um Do you know mm, what I'm saying? Like I sentence do know what you're titles saying. are inherently kind yeah, of Yeah, that's tough. I can't think of it There another. will be blood pretty good that's that's yeah you're right that's probably the single best one that's, that's pretty good but even something like say anything where it's like you're starting to say something and the, the ellipses kind of like do you know what i'm There's saying There's
2: an ellipses in the title of say anything
1: Dot dot, dot. well wow. all right but i was gonna say <laughs>
2: as much as i want to make fun of the movie and will yeah for being about a guy who bought a zoo and being titled we bought a zoo uh you know i think we've both been moving uh We've been involved in apartment moving in New we York City. We both had moves in the last week. We, we, of recording we, this episode. We both moved we, in the last five days. Yeah, and which is especially in New York, uh, a real
1: pain in the tuchus. Yep, I'm still and, grieving over a breakup. I'm a real, a real right? uh, and delicate. I'm, and position. I'm grieving
2: over your terrible tweets. Yep, Thank every you. night.
1: And you uh, are welcome.
2: <laughs> and I sit down to watch We Bought a Zoo, which I had never seen. Yeah. And you know it's cute. I kind of liked it. You know, uh, they buy a zoo. Maybe I just needed someone to buy a zoo. Here's you the know? thing with
1: this movie. It's charming. It's kind of charming. It's okay. I yeah. I mean I like it. I there are a lot of things I don't like about it, but I'll say this. I watched it last night and I cried. I tweeted this out. I I believe I cried at twelve different points. Yeah. Well, that that's speaks silly. a lot to my emotional. Psychological like state, I, cry- I don't often cry at movies. Mm-hmm. I uh I will often get choked up at movies. Sure, I sure. rarely am moved to physical tears. I will admit that I was crying before I started watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't so know. So I was crying
2: at the movie. I was
1: buttered. But now the twelve points in the film where I have historically this is my second time watching the film. The twelve points in the film where I previously got a little lump in the throat, now became full tears.
2: Uh I'm an easy cry at a movie and i cried zero times during this movie okay
1: well i just think this movie is charming.
2: like i cry when the uh the car in mad max fury road kind of gets bumped into the dust cloud and like swirls around and explodes because it's beautiful yeah because it's so amazing yeah like i did not cry at we bought a zoo what's not when they were thinking of buying the zoo not when they bought the zoo and not when they open this. I
1: didn't cry at those moments. I'll tell you the moments I cried at when we get to them. Oh, what gotcha. What's the most embarrassing movie that you cried during? Like, can you think of a scene that makes you cry Ooh. that you're just? I'll have to think about that. I can't. That got that got that. Okay. I, can't I, I don't have an answer. Off the top I, I of have my head. one. Yeah, go ahead. Ben. I Was
0: on a plane back from Aruba with a girlfriend. Yeah, and they were hey, playing uh, Hotel, Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> that sounds good so far. Yeah, I love it. And uh, I, I have an answer. Cried so hard. <sighs> I've never seen Hotel for Dogs because the dogs start running a hotel <laughs> well i mean so far i'm on board and I, did people say they couldn't do it
2: they no one believed them
1: cuz the, that that always makes Mr. me dogs. emotional if if a movie is right. like they you can't succeed the Wait, world is betting so emma you.
2: roberts does not run the hotel for dogs she helps but it's the
1: dogs <laughs>
2: uh, this is it's dog related um there was a film called max The film
1: about the military dog? Yeah, it came out I think last year about a military German
2: shepherd who returns home from uh, combat and has a tough time of it. I saw the trailer for Max in front of Jurassic World when I went to see Jurassic World. And there's a moment in the middle of the trailer when there are fireworks Mm -hmm. and the dog gets scared and the kid has to like hug the dog because he's scared. And I burst into tears. Like, in the middle of the trailer, I went, oh, and grabbed my chest and started crying. And my girlfriend laughed at me.
1: Can I complete this hat trick? Yes. Because I also, the first answer that came to my mind, I didn't have this when I asked the question, sure. but now I realize yeah. the most embarrassing scene I can think about crying during is also a dog movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, dogs. Well, you but, know? but ready? Okay. And my memory's jogged because uh, a friend of the podcast, Rebecca Boulness, uh, and I were tweeting about this last night. Yeah. I, I cry during the first live action Scooby Doo film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, at what moment? There is a moment in the film. And excuse me if I get emotional even talking about it. Uh huh. But there is a moment in the film. Yes. Where whatever the cult is, the tribe that is <laughs> staging voodoo rituals. Yes. On uh, the island. I understand. Uh, where the theme park is happening. We've all seen Scooby Doo. Run by Rowan Atkinson, who's actually Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, uh, and there's a scene where they're worshiping Scooby as a god. Mm-hmm. Scooby and Shaggy have gotten in a fight. Classic. Uh, Scooby thinks that Shaggy doesn't uh, care about him anymore, and <laughs> Scooby is on like a little sort of dais, and Shaggy goes undercover as one of the uh, the tribesmen, and uh, he goes like Scooby. He's like, what? he's like, we got to get out of here, and Scooby's like, whoa. whoa, whoa. And Shaggy gives this monologue, Matthew Lillard in the performance of A Lifetime, mm-hmm. gives this monologue about their friendship that I think is so touching.
2: Oh my God, this is embarrassing.
1: He, he just says, like, you know, because who's, who's your best friend in the world? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Shaggy? And he's like, and who's my best friend in the world? And Scooby <laughs> looks at him and Scooby's tearing up. Little CGI tears in his eyes. <laughs> uh-huh. And he points his little paw at himself and he goes, Ruby Ruby." <laughs> and he goes of course we're two peas in a far out pod man so we're gonna do what we do best we're gonna run out of here screaming like a couple of cowards oh, they need a wow. big delicious sandwich or something like that i'm paraphrasing right. the great james Gunn's a uh, fabulous script for that film mm-hmm. um but boy is that i mean that one puts me through the ringer real we done real waterworks with our podcast yeah. and our friendship <laughs> yeah it's all over <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh oh, good times. Uh, in 2011, a film was released called We Bought a Zoo. We Bought a Zoo.
2: Yeah. Um, it's based on a
1: novel. Uh, by, I mean, uh, sorry, a nonfiction book by Benjamin Mee. Who was a British man. Who bought a zoo. But this film's a pretty loose adaptation of what actually happened in real life. Uh,
2: yes. He acquired the Dartmoor Zoological Park, which is in Devon. Um, it was, like, going to be closed because the safety concerns were really... Like hot, like the the old cages and stuff were really terrible and mm. like its license was revoked and stuff. And uh it was bought by the Me family for one point one million pounds. Yeah. And like they had some antics, but after a few years they restored it and it reopened in two thousand and seven and now it's a it's a success. And he wrote I, a book about it.
1: I don't think in real life, like he was looking for a new home and the real estate agent was like, okay, here are just a bunch of homes. Uh well, no. Well let's get to
2: that in a second. The other thing that is not in his real story is mm-hmm. that his wife was not dead. That's a Cameron Crowe or Aline Brash McKenna. That's a movie invention.
1: Very interesting.
2: Now, uh we've we talked about in the Elizabeth Town how Cameron Crowe's obviously trying to wrestle with uh, loss in Elizabeth Town. Yeah. And it seems like he's doing the same stuff here, right? Yeah. Because I mean the movie it's about them buying a zoo. Yes. I'm not denying that it's I'm about I'm this because this is the
1: big thing I want to talk about with this movie. But yeah.
2: certainly it's mostly, you know, he, he, I, whoever made this, I can't say for sure that it was Cameron Cook because uh-huh. maybe Eileen Rushmer kind of came up with this idea first. But it seems like he was like, well, we need more than just a, a zoo purchase. There's got <laughs> to be the emotional spine of it this. It sounds you know? like in,
1: in real life it was kind of a lark. Like, why not buy a zoo? That'd be fun. In this movie, it's like a man who needs to shake up his life.
2: Yeah, a man who's
1: lost his wife. Yes. Uh, and the son's his, kicked out of school. He's got two
2: kids, and the, the daughter seems very balanced, but the the son's having some trouble a The daughter's darkness. also real cute. She's amazingly cute. That's She's maybe the most real.
1: adorable child yeah, actress she's, she's seen in a adorable. film adorable
2: she uh, her name is um Maggie Elizabeth Jones she was also in that sitcom Ben and Kate with Dakota yes. Johnson which she was also very yes, cute she was and, she
1: was also an Identity Thief
2: I haven't seen that one How is it Not good great um what were we going to say Oh and so yeah so he's 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 a journalist and like there's this kind of really vague really lame sort of like plot where it's like, oh, journalism
1: is an industry has collapsed, so you can't do that anymore. We're brushing over something here. Because the opening of the film is voiceover narration by the son. Yes. Which then is gone for the rest Played of the movie. Played by Colin Ford, yes. yes. Gone for the rest of the movie, but it sets up the dad. It was this crazy kind of renegade journalist, and he'd yeah, go anywhere he, for a story.
2: he he covered himself in killer bees and he's talked to you know warlords and drug dealers and all this crazy stuff. Well,
1: you're missing the part of this movie where I become one hundred and fifty percent on board. What is it? They're showing as the example of all the crazy stuff he does. He's in the back of the truck with the warlord, mm-hmm. and he's going, you know, this and that, and death to the infidels, oh, right, and right, this and right, that. Right, right. And, and it's he like, asks this the guy, he's such a crazy, like off the the fucking angle kind of reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's asking different questions than everyone else. He goes, okay, fascinating. What's your favorite movie? Yeah. And the guy says, Toy Story. Yeah. And he goes, the first one or the second one? And he turns to all his yeah, like his, his, his he, goons, he, yeah. And he's, he's uh, like uh, looking for consensus, yeah, first or second. Yeah. They're like, second seconda. Yeah. Uh, so, so this movie within the first minute establishes that Toy Story 2 is the best film ever made which I agree with cool because as a warlord goes so goes the nation uh huh great movie Toy, Toy Story, Story 2 through? Toy, to- Toy Story 2 yes I agree and by Good proxy movie. We Bought a Zoo is also a great movie no because it vouches for Toy <laughs> Story uh huh We Bought a 2 exactly Toy Story 2 yes <laughs> are you laughing
2: <laughs> you find that funny? <laughs> so he's he's having a crisis, right? Okay, son now, and acting up, kicked out of school. Daughter, she seems very precocious, too makes cute, a lot of maybe, sandwiches, maybe, too, maybe suspiciously <laughs> cute. I agree <laughs> with you. You know he can't even go into the local diner yeah. because that's where he met his wife. i place and too many town. memories. Yes. Yeah, and here's this. So is he's kind of got to get out of town.
1: Well, you're forgetting the biggest problem of this entire, not of this film, the biggest problem he has in his life at the start of this film. Too many women want to fuck
2: him. Yeah. Women are like throwing lasagnas at him. It's kind of like that
1: movie, The Intern. Like he's fucking Garfield or (laughs) something. (laughs) Ladies be throwing lasagnas at
2: him. Um, Yeah. Like, it's like The Intern. Uh, the, the Robert De Niro, yeah. you know, w- where it's like, yeah, oh, it's like new, new hot widow on the block. Everyone yeah. cl- wanted to climb that widow tree.
1: And as his daughter says, he's got most of his hair. Most of the other dads are bald. Makes she does him say a that. Hot we should
2: say that this character Benjamin Mee is played by Matt Damon.
1: Matthew Damon
2: is, is his full name, actually. Matthew. I mean, what what else would it be? Methology. <laughs> I mean, you... You're right. Matthew yeah. Page Damon.
1: I was gonna guess P.
2: Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, and just to give us an idea, where was, where was Matt Damon? He had- Matty D? In that year, he had done the movie The Adjustment Bureau. Which I like. It's not a bad movie. Cute it's movie. kind of odd. Charming. <laughs> and Contagion, where he yeah. got a cold and didn't die. And he rules in Contagion. He's good. He's good. And Margaret had come out that year, but he'd shot it like six years earlier, so that is really My favorite film of the last Mine too. Well, my favorite film of the year, for sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, before then, I,
1: what, you know, he, he had done Invictus a couple years before, gotten an Oscar nomination. Which is one of the weirdest Oscar <laughs> nominations. Cause he's, he's like, he's I mean, fine. he's solid in that movie cause he's a pro. But, he, like, that's not a great performance. He he's was just, just doing his job in that movie.
2: <laughs> he was just kind of, I feel like Damon was in a bit of an odd place where the Bourne franchise was sort of dormant. He had walked away in 2007
1: and said, I don't want to do any more Bournes.
2: He made this movie, Green Zone, with Paul Greengrass that was a huge financial disaster. Huge flop. And then he sort of starts rebuilding it by popping up in smaller roles in, like, True Grit and Contagion. And so, ooh, yeah, ooh, Matt does Damon, good actor. He does
1: Hereafter, but he's doing a lot of supporting Hereafter roles. Hereafter was weird, but yeah. yeah. But
2: Invictus is a supporting role. And
1: yeah. something like Adjustment Bureau, which did okay, it's like, in terms of box office, he's at best getting, like, on-base doubles or triples right now. He's not getting home runs. Yeah. His two big franchises, Born and Oceans, are dormant. Dormant, right. And he doesn't get another, like, real vehicle that clicks in a big commercial mainstream way. For a number of years after this. I mean, you're the Martian, basically. Yeah, yeah. But at this point in time, definitely he's in a weird zone. Which, by the way, was very funny. The Martian? Hilarious. god, I mean, probably the best comedy of last year. Outstanding. Right? Oh, my God. That will never stop being a good bit. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, um, but just, so Damon is your star. He's got big feathered hair. Yeah, he's got a weird hair. Odd hair. hair. This movie. Odd hair. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. But I think that he's decent in the movie. I think he's really
1: sweet. Look, dude. Dude is solid, right? Matt yeah. Damon is one of our most dependable movie stars. But
2: that's almost the thing about him is that he's almost like, you know, defined by being dependable.
1: He's like the most meat and potatoes, like right. A list actor. That's he got. what
2: I love about him yes. in The Departed, where he's suddenly like absolutely out of his mind, funny and like really, really profane and weird. Yeah, and is almost seems to be playing the character like he's this like violently repressed homosexual, which I adore about that movie. But,
1: like, that was rare. Usually Damon's kind of, you're solid. You're a steady guy. Another film I love uh, him in, which also uses him as, like, a second or third lead, you know? Not, like, a supporting character, but not the driving force, uh, is True Grit. Here's this interesting thing with Matt Damon, okay? So a lot of people, like, his buddy Ben Affleck. Not a great actor, pretty great movie star, right? If you yeah. work within I the limitations... I think
2: become quite a good actor. I think he's become better. Yeah,
1: yeah. But if you work within the limitations of what Affleck can do, he's a very powerful presence, right? agreed. Someone like Johnny Depp was always kind of innately a character actor. And he became a movie star because, A, he was really good-looking and charming, but, B, because a couple of those characters he played became kind of iconic. Yeah. But he's always more comfortable doing the fucking Jack Sparrow thing than he is doing, like, the Public Enemies thing, right? Yeah,
2: although I think he's great in Public Enemies. But go on.
1: I agree. But I no, agree. go on, go. Don't decide, to go. Matt Damon's an interesting guy where he works really well as a movie star, just being solid down mm-hmm. the middle, mm-hmm. mean potatoes, sturdy. Mm-hmm. He is like a moral center to your film. He's compelling. He's strong. Right? What you're saying, but give but him a supporting also role. role. Right? Can yeah, really yeah, yeah. pop doing supporting character interstellar. Roles. Yeah, he's great in that. Oh, He's amazing. So, like, I think Matt Damon is one of our best movie stars, but he also is even better when you take the weight of carrying the movie off of his shoulders and go,
2: Matt, get a little weird. I think he's a B-plus movie star, A character guy. You know, like, what's your favorite Matt, Matt Damon movie star movie? You know, Departed
1: doesn't count. I mean, I, I think the, uh, well, I'll say I, I'm, I'm a born neophyte. Mm. I have only ever seen the second one, which made no sense to me because I hadn't seen the first one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a decision. Right. <laughs> I would say the third born is easily the best born. Yeah, see, for me, my answer is probably the Martian just because I think it's a great. The Martian's um, a good answer. It's, it's a, good a good unpacking e- of everything he can do it. Well. And so funny. Yeah. Anyway, so right, we. everything. It shows all the colors on the palette. We about palace. a zoo.
2: Yeah. So he's sad. Yeah. And his brother is Thomas Hayden Church. In a very
1: odd performance.
2: I, this is a, the tail end of, I think, studios being like, eh, hey, toss some THC in there, yeah. you know? uh, Like I feel like Thomas Hayden Church has vanished after his he's, sort of bounce He's
1: uh, going to be seen on the new HBO uh, series uh, Divorce, starring Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm. I think, you know, like a lot of actors who have had a hard time placing themselves, he's looking to rebound in the prestige uh, drama series. Why not, right? Series, Yes. Um, but he he definitely had a very weird career after the sideways, sideways. Yeah, and a movie back. that we yeah. uh, disagree on, uh, Spider-Man Three. I think he's really solid in. I, I think, think that he's character. Quite, I think he's quite good in that. Makes film. no sense, but it he's really no fucking good. And it's more impressive because the character makes no sense. Yeah, no. But there are a couple scenes he has that have like real fucking dramatic wait, punch. We to did, them.
2: Wait, you think that movie's good?
1: I think that movie's interesting, and you hate that movie as much as any movie. You've Ugh, said that to me in the past. So awful, I right? You movie. you hate that movie as Not much that as... I as don't. Think- I think it's interesting, but I hate it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, certainly I, I agree it's not just your formula bad movie. I think that movie doesn't work and it is bad. I think 30% of it is, like, deeply interesting and I will go to the math for it. Okay, whatever. I think the scene... Enough, enough. We're moving past it. Someday we're going to talk about Spider-Man 3 because sure, we're sure. going to do Sam Raimi and I need to talk about that movie because I have a lot of thought but Hey, on that. guys, who who bought a zoo? Matt Damon playing the character Benjamin. Me. Thomas Hayden Church plays his brother, who is, uh, you know, Thomas Hayden Church, we're saying, can be a great actor. Mm-hmm. And you look at something like uh, Sideways, where he's playing a cad, and anyone could have made it very one-dimensional, but he adds a lot of depth to it, and he got an Oscar nom for it. Mm-hmm. This role, he is playing uh, just some funny line readings. This character does not hang together as a person at all. He's just a lot of kind of like, hey, look, I don't know what He's
2: there. a real phoned-in, like, kooky older brother, you know, Yeah. Type. I mean it's there's nothing to there's it.
1: the one scene where they try to deepen him but with him not getting over his ex wife, but it, it whatever. It doesn't no, it's, really work. It's stupid. I will say visually well, I love the casting of the two of them as brothers. I think yeah, that no, works really I well. I agree. Yeah. yeah.
2: They both have that sort of freckly northeastern stock. Yeah. Um the movie is basically the I think I said this to you on Twitter, this the, the sitcom Raising Dad. Yes. I don't know. Which by the way is have you ever seen Raising Dad? No. You know who was in Raising The Bob Dead, Saget right? sitcom? Yeah, the WB Bob Saget 2001 sitcom that lasted for one season. Okay. Bob Saget, Kat Dennings, Brie Larson, Jerry Adler. I mean, that, and that's hey, it. that's pretty know. incredible. Pretty good one season crappy sitcom. Yeah. But the same thing. I mean, it's two daughters instead of a daughter and a son. But, yeah. you know, wife dies. Dad's trying to figure it out. And then there's a kooky, in his case, grandpa, but you know, Thomas Aiden Church hanging around.
1: Isn't Full House also that his wife just died and he's trying to raise two yeah, daughters?
2: He's, he's, he's really into the wife just died. I mean, even Raising Dad was a really obnoxious yeah. Full House quasi reboot. Right. But just the, the fact the house was a little less full, but fact other than that, that yeah. it has like a 14 year old cat Dennings and like a. Eight-year-old Brie Larson in it, yeah. And Brie Larson's like really funny. She's like the wacky little
1: sister. Yeah, she's a good actress. Yeah, she's a good actress. Brie Larson's <laughs> really good. Just,
2: I, it's so weird. She was
1: always good. It's like insane, uh, even when you watch the early stuff. Totally, um, totally. Yeah, uh, but m- I remember reading an interview with Matt Damon around the time that this film was coming out, and I think um, you know this wilderness period we're talking about for Damon, where his his seed cannot really find purchase. You know. He's still... Uh, okay, I gave you a look for that one. <laughs> he did look like it. Uh, but, you know, his he's movies still big do movie okay. Star. They do okay. Like Adjustment he, Bureau does okay. But for a $20 million guy who's known as like right. one of these Hollywood elite guys, he's not really connecting in a big way. Yeah. Um, and someone pointed out, interestingly, that at the point that they pulled the trigger on doing uh, this new Jason Bourne movie... Sure. It was when he was still sort of in this run. Yeah, it was pre-Martian. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, now you're like, he doesn't need to go back to that franchise. Sure. But at the time, I think he was a little scared of, like, I need to renew the brand. Yeah. You know? Why not? Um, and then I'll go make The Great Wall. Yes. But I remember... <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think the check they wrote him for that one was? I think he probably got $25 million. Yeah,
2: right? Like, it's like, hey, you want to be in this movie about 10th century China directed by and financed by Chinese people?
1: Uh, I don't know, it sounds like a weird idea. Here's the check. Yep, I'll be on the Great Wall tomorrow. I See you, you then. Can I tell you a crazy theory that I might be proven totally wrong I, on that I'm I have for this film? respected
2: Oscar winner who just got in trouble for lecturing a black lady about diversity in film. $25 million, though. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, 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 sure. Can I tell you my crazy theory? Go ahead. I have a feeling that Matt Damon is not the lead of that movie. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, maybe and Andy so, Lau is, yeah. What drives me crazy is that that poster is literally his face is bigger than the wall. Well, and also the poster is like- Who can save us Matt Damon. No, no, no. What, no, what, the, what do no, you no, no. keep out? What They built it to keep something out, I, I, Matt Damon. I was going to say it. Oh, say it verbatim.
2: It's something like 550 years old, 1,700 miles long. What did it? What was it built to keep out? Matt Damon, the Great Wall. Like, there's no,
1: like, pause. Like, yes. it seems like Matt Damon is what it's trying to keep out. But even, like, in our Vendler Sky episode, we talked about, like, the Tom Cruise big head posters. That is the biggest I've ever seen anyone's head be on a poster.
2: It's a big head.
1: Yeah. And especially looming over one of the great wonders of the world. Uh, uh, 47 Ronin has a similar thing where, like, <laughs> the people who saw the movie said, like, oh, Keanu Reeves is, like, a supporting character. Right, right, Most of the cast is, like, actually Japanese. Right, right. And they like put him in a supporting character, and then made him the fulcrum of the marketing campaign because they needed a known actor. I have a feeling that film's more of an ensemble piece. Perhaps it's it, it doesn't true. make the fact that he is a savior character any less problematic. No, no. It doesn't make no, it's fine. The it's marketing. Fine. I was just making fun of him. I know, whatever. I so, just wanted to throw my theory out because a I, if I, a year from now I'm correct, I'll look like a genius. He bought a zoo. It's not even a year. It's February. I remember him uh, saying in an interview around that time. He really wants a segue to directing motion pictures. Matt Matt, Damon. Matt Damon? Yes. He still hasn't done it. I'd watch it. He said he really wants to do it, and he said, at this point in my career, I'm mostly picking films based on directors I want to work with because I want to see how other people do it. Well, he works with good directors. He works with Eastwood. He works with Eastwood twice. He does this Cameron Crowe movie. He works with the Cohens. Yes. He works with um, who we got. I mean, uh, Neil Blomkamp seemed like a good horse to bet on at that moment. Sure. I mean, Ridley Scott,
2: Steven Soderbergh in Behind the Candelabra, and in uh,
1: Yes, uh, Contagion. Uh, he almost did. He uh, works
2: with Gus Van Sant.
1: Yes. In Promised Land. <laughs> so he was going to direct Promised right, Land. Right. Right. Because it's like he a wrote left, it, lefty and that was his idea. Movie, and then there yeah. was another film that came up, and he didn't have time to prep it because he was going to be shooting that before. And Gus Van Sant stepped in. But when that film was announced, that was going to be his directorial debut. Yeah. He uh, no.
2: Berlin. Yes. He's in Manchester by the Sea this year, which is kind of little Nervin. again. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, he around that time was buying, optioning a lot of scripts to direct, and now those talks have died down. But I think him choosing to do this movie was very much based in wanting to see how Cameron Crowe did it. He also was, uh, at a certain point in time, talking pretty seriously about doing Avatar, and he said his main thing was he wanted to see James Cameron work, yeah. but it was just a long production. He didn't want to do it. I, I think
2: that it's interesting that he's better than Ben Affleck, I think, in a lot of people's minds. A little more of a safer bet, right? Yes. And yet, Ben Affleck's the one who's transitioned very well to directing and has an Oscar for not for directing, but you know, for making a movie. And like,
1: Damon always seemed like the smarter. Yeah. Like, why hasn't
2: Damon written more movies? Why hasn't he transitioned into this? Like, what's up with him? Why? 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 And I'm telling you, like,
1: like turn of the decade, he was talking it up. He was going, I, I don't know how many more movies I want to make. I mostly want to direct, buying scripts, and then that all just sort of disappeared. Promised Land, it was on the runway, and then he. Got off the plane and said, No, it's still my script and still starring in it, Gus. Come in. Yeah. Um, but I think that was the big draw for him to We Bought a Zoo. I don't think he would have starred in the Aline Broshman kind of version of this film. I don't think he was interested well, in doing anyway, a family dramedy like this. Okay. Well, we're talking about his performance and his character. We've done film. enough on okay. Damon. We've okay. done
2: so much on Damon. Yeah, this one also has like no plot. But it yeah. has no plot. So they, yeah. all right. So I will, I, I joked about this on Twitter. Yeah. Is that the film is called We Bought a Zoo? Yeah. And the first 20 minutes are like, oh, his wife is dead and his family, you know, it's laying an it And he's like, you know what we need to do? Get a new house. Yeah. And so J.B. Smoove, there's this extended, very Cameron Crowe sequence with him in the car with J.B. Smoove as yeah. the real. And he's just like, you know, new day, new day. This is great. And and like, and like, Matt Damon's like, how long have you been doing this for? He's like, my first day. This is yeah. my first day as a real estate agent and I mean, then, it's so superfluous but it's like it's kind of a cute little scene and then scene. the daughter
1: Rosie is Rosie the daughter
2: uh, let me get the names uh, yes Rosie yes. me and yeah. she's like this one daddy like she well, picks first out she a says, property my
1: mom is dead Yeah,
2: and Ben very, is like you yeah. don't
1: have to say that to everybody you know and he's like well I want him to know because he would have liked her and he says I think it's very sweet he's like well you know if she's anything like you I, I can't imagine she'd be anything less than great Yeah, but it does speak to this weird tonal disparity in the film where like J.B. Smoove, who I love. He's great. I feel like is in the Dave Frankel version of this movie. No, I mean, sure. I mean, I agree with you. A lot of his moments. I think he
2: sells those lines. I don't
1: think think he doesn't sell them, but I think the lines around that, he's playing pretty broad. And I I think J.B. Smoove can be subtle. No, he's a
2: pretty broad actor.
1: I mean, you don't really bring him in.
2: Like, oh, I need a quiet, you know, really sort of like internal performance. Let me get J.B. Smoove. Same
1: for John Michael Higgins. Who's playing to the rafters in this.
2: I really, I can't stand that. Because I I love John Michael Higgins. We'll get to him. He's
1: one of the best. He's one of the best.
2: You know, comedic character, but he's in a totally different film. Well, no, but but there is no lazier casting decision than like, we need a persnickety inspector type. Oh, wait,
0: are you you guys talking about the bad zoo boy?
1: Yeah, the bad zoo boy. As the girls call him. (laughs) <laughs> the bad zoo boy oh my
0: god oh look out here comes the bad zoo boy yeah
1: i mean it's like really lazy shorthand casting he feels like he's just going through the motions really does and and the jb smooth casting for me feels like they were like oh we need to pep the movie yeah, up. Let's, let's get, get this f- movie going yeah. JB smooth can't not be funny I, which like he's inherently i basically funny.
2: agree you know what i think it's fine but here's the thing that i'm complaining about
1: yeah there, she's
2: like this one daddy and he's like okay and we're like we're watching the movie and we're like it's a zoo it it's a zoo. We know we it's fu- a zoo. The movie's called We Bought a Zoo. I had to go the up to the ticket is a counter zebra. and I go uh, one
1: for We Bought a Zoo. I I had to verbally say We Bought a Zoo in order to see this movie. I know motherfucker's gonna buy a zoo. And the
2: movies like Jamie Spoon's like, well, there's a thing about that property cut. You know, like you know, like we're not. He's like, he goes what oh, is it? he goes well? well, well, well uh, real pretty, a, but there's one uh, thing you should know. Wait, cut. You know yeah. and they're looking We're like around. it's a zoo it's a zoo <laughs> and you know he sees the house he's like this is great i love this house he's yeah. like no no real nice house but uh,
0: but yeah
1: cuz here's a but uh uh
2: and then finally it's like The girl's like with a peacock and he's like looking at a lion and he's like, see, the thing about this place is
0: it's a zoo. And
2: we're like, we know it's a zoo.
0: What if if they went to a bunch of different zoos and they had to pick which zoo they wanted to live in? (laughs) We could talk about
1: just this one scene for 45 minutes, (laughs) but I think uh, you're wrong, David. He doesn't say it's a zoo. He goes, it's a zoo. (laughs) Like he's stammering so much and he's drawing it out and And then when he he says it, he says it really quickly. It's a zoo. And the camera, like, it goes in, like, this wacky, like, it almost feels like a fisheye lens. Like, he's really close to the camera, and he leans in when he says it. Yeah. It's a zoo. Uh, Also, it feels like, and I I feel bad for him, it feels like they picked glasses that don't fit his head properly in this movie. Yeah, his
2: glasses are very funny looking. They're, They're like, improperly
1: centered. It's it's odd. Anyway. Anyway. So it's a zoo. But but also, I mean, because I need to talk about this. No, no, you don't. In what reality... Do you just throw a zoo that's the onto the end of well, a list of houses you're thing. looking at and not immediately go, so the last house we're looking at, I got to let you know, it's yeah. not just a house. It's a business. It comes right. with <laughs> a business attached to it that you will have to run and operate. Right. And it's not just, oh, here's a store where you sell sundries. It's a fucking zoo. Yeah.
2: And there's a restaurant operated by L. Fanning.
1: Well, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you got to tell them it's a fucking zoo.
2: Well, it's the other thing. It's like, yeah, right. When you're looking at a real estate Layout, a blueprint yeah. or whatever, it might say, like, well, the funny thing about this is the bathroom is actually like there's one room that has the sink and one room that has the toilet. You know, no, it wouldn't be like that. It would be like zoo for sale. <laughs> yes. There's a home you can live in. <laughs> right. You know, but it's not like house
1: for sale plus zoo. Yeah. You know, no one ever sells a business <laughs> by first selling you the place where you could live if you ran the business and then going, by the way, you would also have to operate. <laughs> right. And own a business. Yeah. Get all the necessary licenses. Yeah. (laughs) And
2: it's like, okay, if I went into a real estate place and I said, show me uh, the money, three bedroom, show me the money and three bedroom homes you've got. Yeah. I would expect to be shown a bunch of three bedroom homes. And if I was shown a zoo, I'd say, like, this is a zoo. It should be in a different folder. You know, and like if I went into the real estate and like, do you have any zoos? Yeah. I'm looking for a zoo. Yeah. They might be like, yeah, we have a, we have a zoo. We, they have like the smallest folder you ever saw.
1: You go online to StreetEasy.com. You go, ideally, I'm looking for a two bedroom. Right. Rent stabilized. And, uh, no, no zoos. I just,
2: I've already got two. You I don't really need a third zoo. zoo.
1: You got to check that. I swear to God. This is so, a nice apartment. It's a studio. By the way, it also comes with a hospital. So I, There's a whole <laughs> staff waiting here. They've been lying dormant. Right. I won't tell that's, you what okay. happened to the last owner, All right, well, that's but here's the thing. whole staff on okay. board. All okay. the patients your, your, are in your, there. Your
2: joke is that's exactly the question. So the way, then you cut to like a scene with him and Thomas Hayden Church in a restaurant, and he's like, you know, it's crazy. It basically runs itself. It makes 75% of its money. During the summer, and you know it's really a piece of cake. Like he acts like it's almost like a just a delightful little addition. Because it's like Rosie having a kitchen nook. Fell in
1: love when well, she saw the house. She likes the peak When they're pulling it, but even before that, they're pulling into the driveway, and he goes, "Rosie, take a picture." Right. She says, "Why?" And goes, "Because this is where we're going to live." Right. Like he just falls in love with the driveway.
2: And it's it's just it's it, I mean, it's Tom Saint kind of Church like, is like
1: you know you want to have a, a midlife uh, breakdown. You know, buy a you, boat. You watch.
2: You watch Knocked Up and you're yeah, like, well, it, yeah. you, know, you know, maybe maybe she should get an abortion. She can't get an abortion. The movie's about her being pregnant. Like, you know, that was always Jedi Apatowzi. Right. Like, you watch We Bought a Zoo, and you're like, I don't think this guy is emotionally or financially <laughs> equipped to buy a zoo. But it's also like, you're like, well, he kind of has to buy the zoo because it's called We Bought a Zoo. So the, I, I understand that the movie can't spend too much time being like, Showing him weighing whether or not to buy the zoo. Like he's gonna buy it's he's gonna buy the zoo.
1: But it also it does but feel he really, like really he, he signs on quick. It does feel like a weird storytelling decision when by all accounts it sounds like in real life, <laughs> Thomas Meade decided to buy a zoo. Yeah, right. And in this movie he falls in love with a house and is like, I guess if I gotta buy a zoo along with it, I'll buy the zoo. Yeah. Like, you know, like he bought a fan that came with like a free pen. Yep. You know, when they bundle a fan and a pen together, I, have I was no trying idea to think what of you're <laughs> talking about. You know, sometimes you buy a product that comes with another product. <laughs> I understand, yeah, yeah. Another, pod- another product, another product. Uh, he buys the zoo. He buys the zoo. Where does he get the money for the zoo? Oh, we're not sure. He sells his old house. St. Church does say the parents left inheritance. Yeah, when assume- he goes, this is how you're going to spend Dad's inheritance.
2: So, yeah. so he he sinks some money into the zoo. Yeah. He goes to the zoo. Yeah. The zoo's full of animals. the, oh, zoo by has... the way, his son hates the zoo. and His, his son... son is not into the zoo, and he's just like,
1: ha, you love this zoo, don't you? And the kid's like, nope. And he's like, I knew you did. Anyway, let's move into the zoo now. But son's miserable. <laughs> he gets kicked out of high school. He's clearly not dealing well with the death of his mother. Gets which kicked out of high school would. for drawing disturbing art and stealing. Decapitations, and he's stealing. And they go, this is the fourth strike. We're in a three-strike policy. Yeah. So he... The film kind of sets up that it's like, he's got no other choice. Matt Damon clearly needs to get away. Right. Every shop and restaurant in this town makes him sad because of his dead wife. Yeah. Rosie's going to be happy making sandwiches wherever, and she loves the peacocks. Son needs a new school to go to. They need to start fresh. Why not Occam's Razor? Easiest answer is usually the correct one. Buy a zoo. Right. There's no other option. You got to buy a zoo. Got to buy that zoo. Yeah, so they buy the zoo. So they do buy a zoo. Acquire the full staff, and- All the wacky animals. The zoo, like I said,
2: has somehow been sort of subsistence, sustaining itself. But not
1: open to the public.
2: I guess it might be part of the thing he says where it's like it's not the summer yet, so it's still like kind of coasting off of previous year's receipts. I don't know. Do they ever
1: explain what happened to the previous owner? No. Right. It's
2: full of animals. Unlike the real zoo, they don't really talk about how it like is dilapidated or anything. Yeah. Like they're already, so Scarlett Johansson, you know we should mention, is in this movie. Well, yeah, I mean, what's she important plays, to say is
1: you said that the zoo is full of animals, and that's just the employees. Boy, oh boy. But no, Scarlett Johansson plays Kelly, the lead zookeeper, yeah. and she's
2: walking around, is what I'm in, and is like, this zoo's incredible, it's like revolutionary design. I'm 28. I'm 28 years old, look at this incredible zoo. It was designed by this this wacky bearded guy played by Angus, Angus McFadden. McFadden, yeah. yeah. and but uh, But she's basically like, it's already great. It's yeah. already up to code, you know? Yeah.
1: it's the best. And you're like, okay, well, where do we go from here? But he's not meeting her until after he's bought the place. Yes. Like, it feels like maybe that scene should have been when he was on the fence about buying the zoo, and he meets her, and she's like, look, all I'm saying is, you take over, the zoo's the best. We, we're ready to run this. Right. Uh, you just sign the checks. Right. Uh, but he meets her after the lease is signed. He you does. know the deed? He hasn't. Yeah.
2: An, and they're basically like, So, what's your deal? And he's like, I bought a zoo. Yeah. And they're like, Do you oh, know anything about we heard zoos? That someone
1: bought a zoo. You he's, bought a zoo. He's,
2: okay. Yeah, but they're literally like, What do you
1: know about zoos? And he's like, They have animals. <laughs> like, I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> he calls them cages. And she's like, oh, she's uh, They've been mad. enclosures very. for a long time now. Is, is she mad about this? Some of the other employees. Uh, Patrick Fugit, our old buddy from Almost Famous. Yeah, he's back. He plays a craftsman with a cappuccino monkey on his shoulder called Robin. Played by Crystal, the most famous monkey in Hollywood.
2: Sure. She's the one from, like, uh,
1: the thingy majig. Hangover Hangover 3 and Animal Practice, was that what it was called? Yeah. That was the big deal. Well, she got paid, like, $80,000 an episode for Animal Practice. She's Hollywood's top monkey. Uh, You've got
2: Carla Gallo as Uh Rhonda, who's, like, the bookkeeper.
1: Also playing it real big. Uh, she's playing it real big. That is accurate. And let me point out the actors in this film playing it big, like J.B. Smoove and John Michael Higgins and Carla Gallo. I think are all great, and would mm. I, I like all? three. You mean you think they're great in, in, general, in other things? In oh, general, sure, I agree. I like all three of them a lot in general, and they could. I could see them be giving. I could see a world in which they're in the David Frankel version of the movie, and you go, they're a highlight. Yeah, but they're just the three of them and a couple others are in an entirely different movie. I agree
2: with you. Now, then there's Elle Fanning, who plays Lily. Uh Uh-huh. Who's like a homeschooled cousin of Scarlett Johansson's character? Yes, and she works at the restaurant, but she also helps out under the table. Like they pay her cash.
1: Yeah, and she's homeschooled by Scarlett Johansson. Do they makes, ever make that? Clear? And she
2: makes like neon signs Where in her, are her past. parents. Yeah, not explained at all. Now, hello, I saw, new neighbors. I saw yeah. you saying on Twitter, yeah. that you like this performance. It's... I think Elle Fanning is a wonderful actress. The performance didn't particularly totally work for me, yeah. but you seem to really like it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to talk about this for four and a half hours now. No, you're not. You're going to talk about it for one minute. Uh, Elle Fanning, I think, is, great wh- actress. is one of our greatest living actors. I will say that. It might sound high. I, I think she's a
2: very promising actress who's given, like, now several great performances. Right? Uh,
1: I have never seen her give a performance that I didn't think was exceptional.
2: Yeah, well, I would say I did. And it was in the film We Bought a Zoo.
1: I think she's incredible. She's in this
2: only okay. I don't like, think this
1: is an incredible character. I think this movie speaks to her abilities. Uh, she's great. I think uh, she had been
2: in somewhere the year before. And then she was in Super 8 this year, 2011, which which she's she's fucking amazing. Yeah. And after that, she's in. I mean, she's been kind of all over the place recently. I mean, mean, the movie
1: I cite to everyone. The one movie, I mean, she's not bad in it, but I guess Maleficent's not like an exceptional performance. But I think most of her performances, I think, are really, really. I didn't see Trumbo. Oh, she's fine in Trumbo. I mean, she's better than it's written, you know. I mean, she's certainly never she's given a bad actress. performance. Uh, I, I love good her actress. Uh, I think she's I think she's enormously talented. But um, and Neon Demon, she's really great in. I have not seen. Uh, she's very good at playing a very different type of role. Uh, but um, the film I always cite, uh, where I just like totally uh, freaked out, uh, a really shitty movie that I hate called Phoebe in Wonderland. Haven't seen. Do I do know about this? Film. It's a terrible film from the director of Beastly. Uh, and it's about, uh, I took it because Elle Fanning, I, I took my sister to see because Elle Fanning was uh, one of the little kids in Daddy Daycare, which is very funny, and that was my sister's favorite movie for a long time, and I took her to go see uh, Phoebe in Wonderland, and she plays, like, an eight-year-old with OCD, and it's one of the best mm. portrayals of, like, mental illness I've mm. ever she's seen good. from an eight-year-old. She's good in and Benjamin it was, Button. It was, she's oh, good she's as really a little kid, in yeah. Button. And it was very clear watching that, like, this isn't a coach performance, like, right. There's some innate ability here that's, that's off the charts. I think she's very natural, and I think in this movie, it's so easy to see. I think Matt Damon's son in the film is, like, totally fine. He just feels like a movie teenager, right? right, right. He's kind of grumpy, and he's angsty, I, and yeah, he's playing he's, the basic he's notes. He's fine. On paper, the character isn't that well-written, and I think no, the kid is that playing— is true. —he's going through the motions. I think Elle Fanning, late in the film, they summarize her character by— Scarlett Johansson goes, like, you're such a goofball. And she is this girl who's homeschooled, who lives on a zoo— with her cousin, and has sort of no social acumen, especially not with any kids her own age. She's very sincere. Very, achingly sincere. She's a real
2: country girl, as uh, Scarlett Johansson's character kind of puts it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's sweet. I think it'd be very easy for an actress to come in and play this role and just go like, okay, she's a girl who doesn't, she's awkward. Sure. And you just make it awkward. and, and, and Bites her lip a lot. Yeah, in sort of like an in quotes kind of obvious way. And I think she, as just one of these people who's very effortless and very engaging on screen, uh, plays it as like uh, someone who doesn't know that it's not cool to be really excited about everything. You know, that's a good argument. And I think it's one of the least cynical performances I've ever seen in a movie. I'm not saying that as like it's one of the best performances I've seen in a movie, but it's a certain quality that I, I don't think I've ever seen done that well, especially from a teenager who's going to innately be very self-conscious as a person, let alone yeah. as an actor, Right. she is so achingly open in the film, and the scenes that emotionally work the best for me are the ones with her because it's like this dynamic of watching this boy who's incapable of expressing himself in this very broad strokes sort of by the numbers way, and this girl me. who cannot hide how she feels at all times, right. I find very emotionally affecting. I think it's a great performance from one of our finest living actors, Elle Fanning. Okay.
2: Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. she's She's pretty good. The the romance <laughs> with the with the guy doesn't work with the boy doesn't work with, for me at all. The scene I just don't like that kid. I don't I think either. he's a
1: little ass. I don't either, but the scene where he she tells him that she heard oh I I hear your dad's thinking of selling the zoo and he hasn't heard it before and he gets so excited. Right. And she's trying not to cry. Yeah. Yeah, she's good because in that scene. he's not thinking about yeah, her yeah, at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he clearly has a crush on her, and he can't say it. Right. I don't like the boy. I think the, that character really badly great. handled.
2: Yeah, he was in Under the Dome. Didn't like him in that okay. either.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, don't like him. Don't like him. They buy the zoo. They buy the zoo. They absorb this crazy family, including Cameron Crowe's mother. That's one thing about watching all the Cameron Crowe movies yeah, There she is, right. There <laughs> she is, wearing her little, like, basically, sunflower hat. Right.
2: It's basically silent, but she's hanging
1: out. I don't think they ever cite who she is or what she does <laughs> right. at
2: the zoo, but she definitely works there. But there's this moment at the end where he, like, kind of gathers the staff and he's yeah. giving his sort of speech and they're all, like, looking at him and she's just standing there, yeah. like, in between Peter, yeah. you know, uh, Patrick Fugit and, you know, ScarJo
1: whatever. Can I throw oh. another thing out about billing in this movie?
2: You know what? Why don't you just go ahead and do it? Because we both are fascinated by billing. billing. Love billing.
1: This movie has so many uh, uh, single-card billings, in the opening credits. Okay. Because in most movies, you'll get, like, the eight main actors get their own <laughs> right, individual Right, you start to card.
2: double up on the kids or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But this film is, like, 12 to 15 people get single card billing, including, like, Peter Riger, Yeah. Who plays the boss He's at the, the newspaper. He's in one scene. He's in one scene. He's you know? pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, good but, actor. Like, the billing is, like, 15 people get their own spotlighted, like, and by the time they double up, it's getting to, like, Cameron Crowe's mom or, like, the Home Depot employee. Right. You know? Right. Um. Anyway, they buy the zoo. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. The son is angry. The daughter
2: is delighted. He doesn't know what he's doing. The son's angry. Daughter's delighted. He seems that he's like in the grip of like a nervous breakdown. Hayden
1: Church is just throwing fucking like, you know, sarcastic like Bonamose at him. He pops in and
2: makes fun of him. Yeah. And, you know, there's all these animals (laughs) and we meet them all. He lovingly photographs. There's a bear. Yeah. There's a tiger. Yeah. Two tigers. Yeah. There's a lion. Yeah. There's a bunch of other fucking animals. Peacock. Peacocks. Peacocks. Snakes. He definitely f- photographs them lovingly. This film is shot by Rodrigo Frieto, who's a great cinematographer. Movie looks great. It's
1: got a nice kind of sun Once drenched again, Instagram filter kind of <laughs> little yeah.
2: little island in the sun yeah, kinda.
1: But it looks it, it's a nice looking movie.
2: It's a nice looking movie.
1: Oh, uh, there's a porcupine.
2: Yeah, that uh, gets some some needles in uh in Damon's, Damon's hands. Like, okay ah, I, don't I don't like it. I don't like, I don't yeah. And uh, it's cute. It's, it's cute. cute. There's it, Like, the film is then cute antics. Yeah. And it kind of, I'll admit, I kind of drifted off. Like, I mean, I didn't fall asleep, but I was just yeah. sort of like, yeah, okay, well, so now what's going to happen is there's going to be some animal stuff, and then there's going to be a problem, and they're going to have like, to fix it. like, a small
1: child or, like, a devoted, like, animal lover who loves watching Was this nature be rated footage? PG? It must have been. It has It's to. so
2: harmless. It's, like, it's one no of the swearing, most. There's swearing.
1: There's no sex. It's, I mean, this is maybe the most basic movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's a real dad movie. It was a
2: PG rated for some thematic elements. Yeah. Including unlisted under violence. Characters discuss the theft of a cash box. A man throws darts at pictures of someone
1: he dislikes. Porcupine needles in hand and so on Uh, it, it, you know it, I mean there are a couple different tracks this movie's working on simultaneously one is just like here are the animals here's the zoo here's all this stuff mm-hmm. that's the part I find least interesting right but I'm sure that was the commercial hook that the movie is based around was like some people love animals we'll make a movie for animal lovers people love it it
2: was in that Marley and Me slot that yes. like Christmas slot it came out yes. Christmas uh, 2011 and I think yeah they were just like Fox here's was the was the same
1: studio that had released that which was a Dave Frankel film yes.
2: it was placed into that mode and it's like here's the movie that the whole family may not want to see, but they can at least agree on it because it won't offend any member of the family, you right? You hope
1: that you can cruise to some like insane opening multi- multiple because in right. the Christmas corridor between Christmas and New Year's, every day is and a huge movie going day. Between Christmas and February, practically, right. this movie is just going to be hanging around. But at- that idea that like every day is going to be a $10 million day because right. you have families of 12 and they all want to see something together and We Bought a Zoom might be the least objectionable thing. That everyone can go. Fine, I'm fine with seeing that, and they see it, and they go, "That was okay," and then they eat at Five Guys, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: They go to Dave and Buster's.
1: Uh, Boston Market. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Ruby California
1: Tuesday. Pizza Kitchen. Yes. Chili's. Two goes. Cheesecake Factory. All right, so yeah. um, <laughs> um, that was okay. So the animal stuff is the thing I find the least interesting. It's not
2: interesting, right. and so it's basically like Matt Damon's like. So, uh, so what's up with this one? And Scarlett James is like, well, the problem with this animal is, you know, this problem. And then he the kind of learns how work. to deal with it. And it's he, like they they trials and but they're it's all pretty like,
1: low stakes. The bear escaping is probably the biggest one.
2: The bear escapes, and Matt Damon kind of chases down the bear, and so then they're all like, "Oh, you're brave, Matt Damon." He holds his own against the bear. And then they have to get a tiger off of a rock because the tiger is sick and old. So they yell at it, and and, 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 and- Damon's sad because he doesn't like to kill he doesn't like dying. They
1: keep on going. You're going to have to accept at some point we're going to have to put the tiger down. he's like, no, goddammit, my wife is dead. Okay, so I was going to say, I didn't know if you picked up on that. Because that mirrors the fact that his wife died and he hasn't come to terms with that yet. (laughs) No, I didn't pick up
2: on it until in that scene when they're all yelling at the tiger to get it to move. They all stop yelling and he's still yelling and he's like, I put my life on the line for this. I'm not over this yet. You know,
1: like he's. Yeah, no, I, that was what nudged it over the edge. And he's also yelling at his son a little in that way because he goes, I just want what's best for you. Why don't you understand that? Yeah. Um, He bought a zoo. So. <laughs> oh, God. You, you knew about you
2: followed the we bought a zoo with two zeros Twitter account, right? Yes. That, that was Bobby Finger, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. I think that was our friend Bobby Finger. Ugh, the great Bobby Finger. I'm sorry if I'm misattributing Bobby. Yeah. I think you're right now. That, that was wonderful. That was you guys amazing. check it out. It's still up there. very funny. I, I scrolled through it today. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's that track of the movie, which I don't really care about, right? There's the element of it being sort of this like midlife crisis financial movie. Yeah, but I don't like that either because it's I like so... it a little more than the animal stuff. It's I'm going to so rank the easy. three elements. It's easy, but because I like it a like, little more. Uh-oh, you're sinking
2: money into it. And then there comes the moment where it's like, you're out of money. You have more money though. Do you want to put the more he money looks in from an envelope, the life? He suddenly right.
1: seriously finds eighty-five thousand dollars and is like, "Oh, I guess I'll do." It. So, do you going to put the more money from your wife into the zoo? No, mm. and he's like,
2: "Yeah, that's a bad idea. I shouldn't do it. I'm going to do it." You <laughs> yeah. know, and like that's the extent of the decision.
1: Also, oh, motherfucker bought a zoo at that point. Like, why yeah, not I mean, double you down? All right, you thing. already bought the zoo. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, whatever. I like. I'm less interested in the financial elements of it. than I oh, And there's I am. that
2: moment where, like, Rhonda, the Carla Gallo character, freaks out and tells everyone, like, he's gonna sell the zoo, and they're like, "Are you gonna sell the zoo?" And he's like, "No,
1: I'm not gonna sell the zoo." Yeah, and he's and like, "It's over." Rhonda enjoy moving to Mexico. Yeah, and she's fuck like, you, "I don't Rhonda. speak Spanish." Yeah, he tells Rhonda to go <laughs> fuck herself, and I can't believe that slipped by the MPAA. They gave it a PG. There's that scene where he just tells off Rhonda. Um so there's that element I don't find that and then th- they feed her to the animals <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and and they're all just ritualistically while they feed her piece by piece yeah, very right. slow the film goes into real time for 45 minutes you watch the animals peel her flesh off like fucking string cheese and yeah, they just yeah. go fuck you fuck <laughs> you
2: um, guys that actually doesn't happen in the film
1: yeah no it happens after the credits correct uh, And then Nick Fury uh, suicide him. squad yes. <laughs> No, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Uh, we bought a zoo. Yeah, we bought a
1: zoo. Uh, we didn't. Let's make it clear. The characters in this film did. Yep. Uh, neither David nor I have ever bought a zoo. True. I cannot speak for Ben. I once worked at a zoo for one week. Did you
2: really? Yes. When I was eight years old, I worked good at the- zooing cent- age.
1: Well, was very if Rosie
2: good. Me is anything to go by. I worked at the Central Park Zoo in like really? some sort of a, like, you know, kids, it was like a summer kid program. It was, like, yeah. was like kind of like a day camp. Who are you and playing? The tiger, the lion. Which I item? was assigned to the red panda exhibit. Oh. Very fun. Red pandas are very cool.
1: Uh, uh, Ben
2: never bought a zoo. Okay, good to know.
1: I was a little worried. If you to be fair, Ben feels Ben's like someone might have bought a, a zoo. <laughs> if you Ben's have a lot of if you
2: have bought a zoo, please tweet at us hashtag I bought a zoo yes. at blank check pod. Thank yeah. you,
1: thank you very much. Um. I don't find the financial element that interesting. I do like the idea of... Because the movie sets this up, but, like, Thomas Hayden Church is like, you're doing this because you're going through a crisis, you're middle-aged, you know, your wife died, you just quit your job, like, don't commit to this. And I kind of like the movie that's, like, him just going, like, is this the dumbest fucking decision? Like, too late to get out of it, you know? I don't like the financial shit. I like the sort of internal struggle of him trying to figure out whether or not he's an idiot for having gotten into this thing. I think that works okay. Then there's the main track of this movie that I think is pretty successful, which is a movie about grief. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty successful. I think it's more successful than Elizabeth.
2: 100%.
1: So I'll give it that. This movie feels almost to me like, and this is where I'd love to find out someday, somehow, if he added the dead wife element or if that was an Alan Brash McKenna thing. I would love to know. Because, but it would require me watching more about We Bought a City. which, which I don't really want to do the research. Right. But it does feel to me like that whole plot of the film, which is what the movie starts on and ends on, yeah. and ends up being sort of the larger thematic theme of the movie, uh, feels like a corrective to Town. Yeah. And it feels like a much smarter portrayal of grief because Town is a guy who... We're supposed to buy is suicidal and is inconsolable. Yeah. But also just seems totally happy go lucky the entire time. Right. And this movie is about a guy who wants everyone to think that he's doing okay and isn't really addressing what's going on. So you don't get sad sack Matt Damon. He's pretty fucking like functional he's the pretty entire chipper, film. He's chipper.
2: It's just like almost too chipper. Like yeah. in the same way that the girl is almost too cute.
1: But that, but I'd say his chipperness is like part of the, it's baked into the cake of this film. It's that's what he needs to overcome, you right. know? And it's an okay
2: cake. It tastes I, I, okay. the grease stuff really works for me. I will say that. So you like the frosting, yeah. and the rest of it's okay. And then, but you know, the other thing is, you're a real sad, miserable bastard. I'm a sad, right miserable
1: now. bastard, and you know, the the sentimental bone in my body, I think, is a pretty direct carbon copy of the this one of the sentimental bones in Cameron Crowe's body. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I try to avoid like super like. Trickly kind of manipulative bullshit. Mm -hmm. But Cameron Crowe's sentimentality, even when it's overcooked, just goes down for me. It's it's a wavelength I am on.
2: That's the whole thing with him. You're either into that or you aren't. Yeah. I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. I just think I like the way this movie deals with grief. I like that it's not overwrought. I think anytime the movie tries to too directly uh, marry the zoo stuff to the grief stuff, like him yelling at the tiger, it kind of falls apart. Yes. So this movie for me is like, I go back scene by scene going like, what the fuck is this? And then being like, this scene's really good. No, this getting scene's to me. pretty good. Yeah. This scene's pretty well observed. Uh yeah. So Cat Stevens. Don't be shy. That's what the song's called. Don't be shy. Don't man. think twice.
2: Don't think twice is a great movie, I by the way. It. Have you seen it?
1: No. It's by the time really this episode's good. released, I'm sure I'll have seen it.
2: It's really good. Um starring former guest, friend of the show, Chris Catherine.
1: Yeah, and starring a future guest uh, and future friend of the show, Keegan-Michael Key.
2: Yeah, and future friend of the show, Gillian Jacobs. Yeah,
1: we're going to get all of them on. Yeah.
2: Uh So, yeah, what if we somehow made that our mission to get the, the cast of Don't
1: Think Toy? Connor Ryliff's also in that film, right? He is. Yeah, he's been on the show. He has. Hey, I was an intern for Virgiliya in college. Uh, I've had one a terrible interaction with Virgiliya, which I will not share on this podcast because it will take too much time. Yeah, please don't. I, I well, behaved poorly and made a, a real fool of myself. Sounds great. I had two interactions. One was really nice, and the second one, I burned my bridge. Anyway,
2: um, so the film has the nominal climactic sort of sequence in which they need to get the zoo up to code so it can pass the inspection. We'll spend no time on this.
1: John Michael Higgins has a tape measure that's electronic, uh, 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 and it's what? like a, it's like a wee wee. It's like a wee wee uh, that's uh, getting oh, a bonus. Ben's excited Excuse for some me. reason. What
0: is what is his name? Griffin. What's his name? Bad Zoo Boy. Oh, Bad Zoo Boy. I'm sorry. He's a bad zoo inspector. Ben, I am
1: so sorry.
0: My most profound apology. Thank you, guys. Okay? You could tell that he's a badass and he plays by his own rules.
1: Yeah, and he hates the Scottish guy and they fight him, whatever. That's going on. There's a scene where they go to the Home Depot and he uses the credit card. It's a cute scene. And she's like, I second. love that zoo. And the credit card's like chipped, and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I've been maxing it out. And she's like, no, you work for the, that zoo, I love that zoo, is that coming back? And you see the other people online, and it's like this idea that people have just been waiting a year for the zoo to open. But they never really talk about, it. there's like no, that moment. no, no. And then later in the film, she's like, we've been flyering, 7-7, seven, seven. we're opening 7-7, seven, seven. and then it just rains for a month.
2: No, 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 you're getting it wrong. Okay. So here's, you know, this is how they deal with the promotion of the zoo. You're correct about this. He discovers that his son's a great artist, or he remembers this yeah. and he takes a picture of the sun that the sun did of a tiger that they had to put down.
1: I watched this last night and I already entirely forgot They this put it on somewhere. the
2: poster yeah. and that's what gets the sun into the zoo you know yeah. and then they flyer. You don't see the flyering but that's yeah. you know and then it rains before the zoo's gonna open the day before don't and like the weather shy. the weather reports like it's gonna rain forever which is not really a weather report. You know, yeah, like, it
0: says I wrote it down this is gonna be the wettest summer in a hundred years ay ay, ay and then
2: he wakes up the morning of, and it's not raining. Phew. Great. But then no one shows up to the zoo. Oh, oh no. no. And But then they go and check. A tree fell on the road. Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: They would step over the Who's tree. Who's behind the tree? Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> it's like it's a line for the new fucking iPhone dropping. And People park their cars throughout like, the street. Zoo, zoo, zoo. Zoo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucking dumb. And, and he like, goes,
1: come on in, and they all have to climb over the tree like it's an adventure
2: because life's an adventure, David. And then it's like, and, and Seager Rose, who did the music, uh, Jonesy or whatever a his name is. A couple original songs did the got, score. He's got, yeah. you got a, a Seager Rose song building on the yeah. soundtrack, and you've got.
1: This is only like two people, years uh, after Slumdog, three years. Which use that years. song as like their big climatic thing. Yeah. This movie uses the song three times in a row. They like start uses it, it, over it over. fades out, and then 30 seconds later they'll start the song over again from the beginning.
2: And I think we're supposed to assume that it was a mix of sentimentality and that Great fucking tiger picture. That's so fucking good that somehow got record numbers to go to that this Home zoo. That Home Depot woman. You have to imagine for the yeah, last she's month, just every telling customer. She's just that going, zoo's coming back. Seven, seven. That zoo you like's going to come back in
1: style. Yeah. Um, as long as the bad zoo boy doesn't shut him down.
2: <laughs>
0: Uh-oh, watch out.
2: And he almost does. He's <laughs> almost about to. Yeah. He's hovering over There's the no. a great no. shot where you yeah, see He's like He's like moving pen. his pen, yeah. yeah, between like don't open zoo and open zoo. And, and then, then the daughter's Rosie like, Mr... Everyone says you're a dick, but I don't think you are, whatever it means. CC really toeing that PG and he's line. Like, I don't think it's going to work. Everyone cries. For you to open the zoo. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like the most annoying shit in the world. You'd think Cameron Crowe would, but I guess he's just like, let's lean into this. This he's is just a big get, Crow's, applause line movie. Cameron you know? Crowe's trying
1: to get back on base. You know, he hasn't even been bat, up to bat in a while, and his last time was a strikeout. He wants to get on. So it feels like there are some concessions in this movie, but within it is a corrective of maybe this is a better way to make a movie about grief, you know? Married uh, with some yeah. things that might work in a more conventional it's, way. It's like
2: we like it's a it's the more conventional way.
1: Yeah, and look, America bought a ticket. This film did pretty well.
2: Um, it did. Well,
1: we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay.
2: But he bought his. So two other things happen. Yeah. One. He kisses Scarlett Johansson out of nowhere we in the shed. We barely talked
1: about her character because it's my she's least favorite much of her part character. of
2: She's a character. I mean, she's sort of no nonsense. She's a zoo nerd.
1: She's a zoo nerd. Lately. Yeah, she
2: likes zoos.
1: She's twenty-eight. Yeah. She's when zoos. she shot this film, she was twenty-six. This sounds right. Maybe character. 27. I remember Amy Adams being in talks, or at least in contention for this role, and then I think she turned it down to the Muppets instead. This film would make a lot more sense with Amy Adams. You could see. The L Fanning character being a daughter rather than a cousin, you know, or a niece. Um, and also in a film, there's a part early in the movie where Thomas Hayden Church is like, why don't you ask out that one woman to give you the lasagna? She was a looker. And he goes, I don't even know what a looker is. Is that what it is these days? Yeah. And he's and, like, because I had the real thing. That's the thing. He said, it's tough for me to even know because I had the real thing. And yeah. it's like his wife in this movie is, by all accounts, was the greatest person who ever lived, right? Everyone who yeah. met her was so thoroughly charmed by her. She was drop dead gorgeous. For him to then, after so much resistance to all these housewives and uh, single mothers at the kids' school at the beginning of the movie who are all just throwing their lasagna and their genitals at him, to then fall in love with the 28-year-old who, okay, I understand, extreme circumstances, she's beautiful, she looks like Tarzoh Hanson. You're working together in an enclave where you barely see anybody else, Right. you know? But he doesn't fall in love with her. No, but it's like they have a- crushes on each other. Yeah, and it's just like you should know better than that. Like you're resisting going on dates with anybody. Yeah, she's but- 28. This is well, not going to uh, be a good okay. lasting thing. You're harming the business. All right, all right. She's okay. your head zookeeper. All right.
2: Well, look. One, I kind of agree with you. You almost wish it just like they have that one scene earlier where she's like, they both like, we're not going to act. He says on He's like, He's like, like, I'm I not going to. You're a very
1: beautiful woman. But I'm not going to uh, be. I'd I, I, totally be offended in my head. if you did. She goes, and it's a good Cameron Crowe line. She says, also, if I want to kiss you, you would never. It would, whatever it is, yeah.
2: Uh And then it it just, maybe it was a network note or maybe Cameron Crowe just likes kissing. But, you know, it's just like, well, you know what, let's have him make out a little and say like, hey, maybe we'll keep doing this. You know,
1: it's all very cash. It's very cash. I would like this movie 10% more if it didn't happen. I would A, commend this movie for not forcing them into any sort of romantic relationship and just making it a movie about a man and a woman who work together and respect each other. And even if it was just the scene where he's like, you're attractive, but we're never going to act upon it, would be nice because you're acknowledging that they're both, Beautiful movie stars, charismatic, and they would obviously want to fuck each other. Right. But uh, I I just, you know, I like that they hold it back and they just make it, oh, make out next Tuesday, you want to make out some more? But, like, you don't fucking need to do it. It makes me uncomfortable because she's so young. She's playing older than she is, and the age she's playing is still too young for him especially someone who is such a fucking dad in this movie and is at such a different point in his life. Right. And I just it makes me worried about the future of the business because that breakup's going to be tough, or even if there's just a point where it's like, maybe let's not make out so much. I mean, what's what's going to fucking happen then? You know? Um, she's, she's fine in this movie. The next year, Avengers comes out, and her career suddenly starts to make sense again, and she rebounds really hard. That's the thing. She was in such an odd spot, and yeah. she's just about to pull out of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, um... They make, but that's not that's so. That's the one thing. Yes, but then the other thing is that he finally gets the courage after the zoo's a huge success. Yeah, to go into the restaurant that he met his wife yet. It's the final scene in the movie. I'm it's the best it scene. Think- it is the best scene. I uh, told
1: you, because you watched it, this movie in like two two halves. Uh, yeah,
2: I watched the first hour of it, took a little break. Watched and
1: you were like, you're right, it's pretty charming. I and I was like, skip- get ready for the fucking ending, because so Cameron Crowe sticks the landing. The,
2: the, the 20 seconds of insane courage. Which or, he says
1: to the son when he can tell. Says it
2: earlier, right.
1: Because he's like, I know you fucking like Elle Fanning, and now she thinks you're an asshole, and you're not right. doing anything to fix it. And he says, a thing I've said to many people drunkenly when I'm trying to encourage them to say stuff, I quote, we bought a zoo. Right. And I'm like, I'm telling you, all you need is 20 seconds of incredible courage, and I promise you, amazing things can happen. Blind, stupid courage, right. or whatever he says. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a pretty good Cameron Crowe line. And um, he shows the, God, he brings the kids into the restaurant, and you're like, what's going on? Where's this film going? Because they open the zoo, it's a big success, everything's great, everyone's happy, right? Yes. And I, yeah, I got a little choked up just because. I mean, they did it. You know, they did it. These crazy fuckers. They. I mean, kind of like we were. Zoo.
2: We were talking about you know the the movies where it's like you can't do it. They did it.
1: He's like the. They the said dogs it couldn't be the done. Hotel. They said it couldn't be done.
2: They said those dogs couldn't run that
1: hotel. This crazy. They said maybe a motel. No. Yeah. They, they wanted a, ho- a hotel. a hotel a Holiday Inn. No. Uh. I just I watch this movie, and as much as I don't care about the zoo subplot or or main plot rather, the zoo elements of this film, uh, that crazy bastard did it. He fucking pulled, pulled, it, pulled off. it off. He fucking bought so a, a zoo and ran a zoo when he opened a zoo. N-
2: now he's gonna finally confront the ghosts of his wife. Literally, I love this. Played movie. by uh, what's her name? Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie- Shozak. Sh- uh, I-, I, I think it's been. pronounced Shozak. Something like I that. have the pronunciation. Showstack. Showstack. Ste- Stephanie Showstack, who From is a
1: dinner for schmucks and Iron a, Man three. A
2: French actress. She's yes. in Iron Man three. She was in the uh, the show Satisfaction, which I believe uh, aired on USA for. A couple I of like years.
1: her a lot as an actress. I feel like she she's has not gorgeous. been given enough to do in any American film, but I think she's uh, she's good. I think she's
2: good. It's such a cheesy scene. It's so incredibly cheesy. It does work. He. I mean, this is it, what he does I, well. w- I would say it if you could if if i wanted to criticize it i would say it's kind of sticks out like a sore thumb a little bit at the Cause end of the, the movie. Whole movie didn't
1: feel like it was building up to that cuz no. half the movie's about a zoo
2: <laughs> yeah it's mostly about a zoo <laughs> you know and then it's then he's like okay kids and so but damon it
1: does a good job he goes i'm going to show you how i met your right. mom and he brings him in he's like, and he she's goes sitting right there, she's sitting right there and and i'm I'm. Wait a second. and He like runs out and he's like, I'm walking down the street. But the you know. kids look over and they see the mom. Well, th- that's after he comes back oh, right. in. Yeah, and he goes twenty seconds on the clock. Right, right. You then see The that?
2: kids see the mom. The movie like stops for a second and then they go, like, "Hi, mom," which is beautiful. But it's like it he's made nice. the
1: moment so vivid to them that they can see her there. Right. And he goes, "Okay, so I have fifteen seconds on the clock right. still," and I'm wondering, what do I even say? And so I say, "Excuse me."
2: And then that, I think that's when there's the long pause and the kids see the mother, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. And then I say, hi, mom. And you're wondering what he's going to oh say. Oh,
2: my God. Do you have the line exactly? I don't have it it's exactly. Something it's something
1: like, like, we bought a zoo? <laughs> <laughs> cut to credits. A film by Cameron Critt. Excuse me. <laughs> we bought a zoo. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I, he says something along the lines of, why would an incredible, fascinating, beautiful right. woman like you ever talk to an idiot like me? Right. And she's And the last line of the film is her spirit not? comes alive and says, Why not? And the kids and he and they all sit there and they stop ignoring what happened and they right. accept that they love their mother. The end. Beautiful. Good, good. End, good I'm good. sobbing.
2: It, it works for me. Yeah. It does. It does. I think it's easy to make fun of, but it works for me.
1: I think so, too. But look, dude, I mean, all of Cameron Crowe's easy to make fun of. It's easy to make fun of the boombox over the head. And I'm not saying this is, is, is as good. It is. But, like, when he's at his best, it's this heart on your sleeve, like, yeah, on its face, this is ridiculous. And it's so fucking, <sighs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm pan- I, you know, openly, aggressively, violently emotional. But the speaks to some kind of truth. And there's some moments like that. There's a moment I like where he's on the laptop looking through the pictures of the wife. Mm-hmm. And you're looking through the still photos. And I'll say, big pet peeve of mine is movies with badly doctored photos of actors. Yeah, but those
2: are great. Oh, but they're really they're well good. done There's in this. one that looks a little off, but they're basically great.
1: Yeah, and it's like- I mean,
2: I think it's mostly her pictures or his pictures and like, you know. But, the, but
1: there's a couple of them together, yeah, no, clearly good. both as 25-year-olds. No, they're good. They're and good. it's like really well done. And he's going through the photos, and then one of them sort of comes to life. And not in, like, a crazy, like, fucking this way, but it's a still photo, and she opens her eyes, and she turns to look at him. And it's just like, you know, he cries sitting alone on the floor, and he doesn't overdo it. You know? I just think it's a pretty good movie about just, like, grieving takes time.
2: It's a pretty good movie about grieving takes time. It's an okay movie about buying a zoo. Yeah. And it exists in the world, and you can see it any time if you want to. It's a
1: low-key charmer. I recommend it if you have nothing else PG. to do. It's PG.
2: I really don't think that any child would like it except for the animal oh, stuff. Oh, kids
1: who love animals would like it. They'd like the animal stuff. Yeah. What about the expanded universe? <laughs> you mean the expanded universe?
0: Yes. Mm, You're talking what?
1: spinoff films? Yeah, well, like what about a prequel, uh, you know,
0: They Sold the Zoo? <laughs> Be a good sequel. <laughs> uh, they were forced into... Cool sequel. Into,
1: we, you're talking uh, about spinoffs. I mean, we, we bought a ticket for the zoo. You could make a separate <laughs> film about everyone who has ever gone to the zoo as a customer. Let's play the box office game. Okay.
2: This film came out in December, uh, Christmas time, four-day weekend, uh, December 23rd, 2011.
1: Wow. Okay. It so, opened so, Christmas week.
2: Yeah. at number six.
1: Yeah, it didn't open well, but it multiplied well. With 14,
2: 15 million over the long weekend, it multiplied to seventy-five mil. It's pretty just decent, pretty solid domestic. Uh, to- I think the movie only cost forty or fifty. Made fifty, cost 50, 50 to make. It yeah. made one hundred and twenty worldwide. Not a big hit by any means. I think it probably did fine. well
1: in home video. but That's a solid on base double. You know, fine. Yeah,
2: I would say it's a single. I'd say it's a double. Uh, but do you want to guess what the top five films of that that weekend and Christmas were?
1: Twenty eleven. Okay, so I gotta I gotta place my. I'm trying to think what the big Christmas blockbuster was in twenty eleven. So twenty eleven is. Uh, I'm thinking of other family movies. Uh, Hugo came out that year, but had come out a month earlier. That came out Thanksgiving. Yeah, Hugo is down at number twelve. Muppets came out in Thanksgiving. Muppets
2: is down at number eleven.
1: Uh, did Disney have a big Christmas
2: release? Um, you know. Not really. No, they had they they have a film that op- they have War Horse, which opened at number seven. Okay, and The Muppets is technically Disney,
1: right? And and Tintin no. is still in the top ten.
2: Tintin is number five. It number opens five that On week.
1: Okay, f- with twenty three million dollars. Uh, one one of my picks for one of the most underrated films of the decade. One day
2: we're gonna do an episode about it. I, I think. love Tintin. Yeah, we're gonna so do. mini got number on five.
1: 10-10. Okay, number five. All
2: right, number four is. Yeah, a, let's we'll go do up ascending. Yeah, uh, number like four is a film that also had come out that week that was expected to be really big, but a was disappointment. a disappointment. It we did fine. It opened to twenty seven. I think it cleared about hundred total. Live action or anime. Live action, R rated, very dark.
1: It was a very dark film
2: adaptation.
1: 27, oh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's right.
2: Yes. Which I also think is an underrated movie. And it's a
1: film that like squeaked to 100. People thought yeah. it was going to be like. It,
2: they thought it was going to be a franchise starter, but yeah. I think people were getting a little sick of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. You know, if it had come yes. out a couple years earlier and there wasn't already a fucking Swedish movie about, yeah. you know. Yeah, and as like, much you know.
1: as like they got a lot of juice out of like the joke of like, whoa, it's the feel bad movie at time. I think that was a bad time to release Ooh, that movie. Oh, terrible time. Yeah. No, they they were really... It's the opposite of We Bought a Zoo. No family's going to want to see that together. And this is the time of the year where like your personal movie-going choices are probably thrown out the door to appease the... I think
2: they're going for the other family approach, which is, let's all
1: go to the multiplex. Right.
2: You guys will go see the film that's number three in the box office, which you're going to have to guess in a second. And...
1: You you know, mom and daughter go see. We bought a zoo, and I'm gonna
2: go see. Go with a
1: dragon tattoo. So you know what I think their actual approach was. Well, no, I think that was their intended I was, goal. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. what actually happened at the box office for them was. And I didn't mean to be so gendered. about it. but you know, I know. I'm just. It's this is how the studios think. I think what actually happened was. The only people who went to see the movie were people who don't talk to their families. <laughs> you know, who are just like, I'm I'm gonna go see what I want to see. I
2: went to see it with like a bunch of friends who all like the book. I, 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 I too. Never I saw it with book. John
1: Goldby, but you and I see five movies a week. No, I'm I, saying yes, like yes. Tri- I think that's why the film underperformed anyway, to some degree. Number three. It's a film that you probably could be able to fucking talk about. Oh boy. With such disdain, you say. Is it a children's picture?
2: Yes, it is. Second weekend, and it has now made fifty-six million. Dollars At the box office, it eventually makes 133 and 340000000 total worldwide. Interesting. It is
1: animated or live action?
2: It is a mix of the two.
1: Well, see, I think you're assuming... I was going to guess this was in the 10 at number three, actually, preemptively. Mm. You're assuming I've seen this one. I have not.
2: Oh, you haven't seen this I believe this it far? is
1: Alvin' the Chipmunks' Chipwrecked. That's correct. I have only seen one in four because I hated the first film, and I only came back on board because my boy, Walt Becker, had taken the reins. Yeah. Oh, I had a feeling this- Who directed Chipwrecked? Who was that? Oh, I can tell you exactly who it is. Do you have it there? I do. Uh, Mike Mitchell? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. I can tell Doctor you all Sky four High, directors. Yeah. Yes, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, first film was directed by Tim Hill, I believe, who directed Muppets from Space. Uh-huh. Second film was directed uh, by Betty Thomas, uh, who sure. was a cast member on Hill Street Blues. That's, uh, that's Road Chip. And mm. then went on to direct uh, Dr. Doolittle and uh, I Spy. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. A bunch of Eddie Murphy comedies. Right. And then, of course, uh, the uh, OG Walt Becker. Uh the original garbage filmmaker. Uh yeah. Anyway, okay, that's number three at the box office. Number two. Number two is a sequel. I have never
2: seen it. I did see the first film. Uh it it's a, it's in its second week of release. Sherlock made- Holmes Game of Shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen it.
1: So this is how... This Some one, people like it. Yeah. I've only seen the last 10 minutes on TV and thought it was better than I thought it would be because I don't like the first movie. I
2: barely remember the first one. I mean, I remember when the first came out. one came out and we were all just like, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. We love him. We love him. You know, we're going to see it.
1: Yeah. And then we saw it and we were like, hey, good score. I'll say like, the, the score is great for great that movie. Score, great score. Uh, that is the only movie where uh, I just openly checked my emails in the middle of the film. <laughs> yeah. I turned my phone off at the beginning of every movie. Well, it was the early
2: days of smartphones, you know.
1: No, but even then, I just was like, I'm so uninterested. I would rather see because I'm waiting mm. on a couple of big emails. Um, <laughs> Jared Harris plays Moriarty in in the second film, and he is yes. a great actor. So I remember watching the last <laughs> ten minutes and being like, Oh, this already seems more engaging because he's doing some mm. some interesting work. Um, the original Alvin and the original Sherlock were also released the same weekend, which is they why were. I was trying to guess those two odd. part and parcel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And
2: they both made lots of money, as did those two sequels. Number one is maybe my favorite action film of the decade. And probably one of my favorite action films of all time. Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. <laughs> Mission Impossible Ghost Protocols. Yes. Uh, one, one of the best American films of the of the 2010s. I prefer Rogue Nation. I love Rogue Nation, but nothing beats
1: Ghost Pro. For me, it's all about Rogue Nation.
2: Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is one of the only movies in my life that I have actively, like, gasped during. Like,
1: out well, loud. yeah, I mean, th- yes. that yeah. it, and you saw an IMAX, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that sequence is unbelievable. Um, I think I It's think the best. Uh, it makes Ghost Protocol, me, it's
2: like a ballet film. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen.
1: I think Rogue Nation hangs together better as a movie, even though Ghost Protocol has better set pieces. Hmm. Um... You know what Mission Possible
2: that franchise could work as oh, a miniseries It's 100% a blank check. Every single one is a blank check.
1: You've got Cruise the first is the ones one writing the checks, but the yeah. The first
2: one where Cruise is writing his own check yeah. and cashing it with a crazy director. yeah The second one which is the fucking worst
1: Yeah. Which I saw but three is, times a year at the time. Whoa. Is
2: the director at his peak yeah. certainly being like the most like him, the and it was most to be John Woo big
1: coming out like here he's and it was, getting the it was, full was a huge hit. Yeah,
2: humongous. And then the third one, in retrospect, is great, but at the time it was like people were like, "What the fuck is this?" Big financial disappointment. Why are they getting a
1: TV Big guy? Big financial.
2: he had been in
1: production for years, and Carnahan was supposed to make it. And then oh, he, he dropped out like three weeks before yeah, filming you know, started, and fun. they threw out the script. J.J. Abrams, that guy does TV. Why yeah. do you let him take over a franchise? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Ghost Pro, and then Rogue Nation, Brad, oh. Brad, Brad and Christopher McQuarrie. Oh yeah, my God. I'd love to do a miniseries. Maybe when Six comes out, we'll do yeah. a retrospective. Yeah. Am I? Yeah. Mission Impossible. Love Mission b- Impossible. Podcast. Mi- podcast and po- mish- mishcast okay. and Potable. So
2: War Horse is up there. New Year's Eve is still in there. Oh, New Year's Eve. Raise the your Descendants glass. Is, yeah. The Descendants <laughs> is hanging out. At the bottom, you were tweeting about Matthew Lillard yesterday and how good he is in it. He is very good. He's better in Scooby-Doo, but yeah. He's also excellent in the uh, FX TV show The Bridge. Oh, really? Really good I know that. he was on that. That was his post yeah, but I
1: want him in big screen. I want him, I want him in pictures. Mm. That's you. David's Um, making a constipated face, which is a pretty good impression because I'm usually holding in a shit.
2: This film is ranked number five in the family animal brackets live action section on Box Office Mojo behind Eight Below, Snow Dogs, Dr. Doolittle, Free Willy, and March of the Penguins. Oh. Not sure why Dr. Doolittle isn't on this list.
1: Can I uh, sidebar for a second? I, uh, uh, you know, just moved, had to go through all my belongings. I went through a box. This was a box that I had moved from my childhood bedroom to my old apartment and now was going through for the new apartment to try to like throw out stuff and, you know, lose, lose weight in the move, I apparently for some fucking reason owned a complete collection of Free Willy 2 trading cards. I don't remember seeing that movie. Free Willy 2 The Rescue? Is that what it's yes, called? Yes, I think. Or The, voyage, the Journey Home. I think you're right. I think Free Willy 3 might be the, we- res- the rescue, the rescue. I swear to God, I don't the think- The adventure home. I don't think I've seen Free Willy 2. I owned I have. every oh. single trading card. I saw the Boy, first one I movie in theaters. I thought it was okay. That I was saw not the big first one in
2: theaters. Loved David, it. David,
1: why did I own every one? They were like the enumerated, like the cards told the story of the film, and I had literally every one. Da, 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 da. Uh,
2: anyway. You know, they bought the zoo. That's,
1: oh, hey, that's actually, the real takeaway Those right here. fuckers did. Can we they do a them.
0: quick uh, merch spotlight? Oh, yeah. Ben. Did you buy a zoo? Yeah, yeah. Zoo for sale? <laughs> Fuck, yeah, you st- that was my joke. Oh, shit, I'm
2: no, sorry. That's <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs>
1: we owe you one, Merchandise
0: ben. spotlight.
2: <laughs> Zoos. You can buy a zoo.
1: <laughs> ben, ben, I'm going to make you a deal.
0: What's up?
1: David owes you 10 comedy points. Oh, So okay. at some point in the future, if you make a joke that doesn't land because sure. David just stole your joke, uh-huh. You can ask David to gift you ten comedy points. Fantastic! A joke that you feel deserved better. Can I get
0: Fair little enough. bits and pieces? Do so I have to get it just in one shot?
1: Ooh, I like that. You can divide your points, however you like.
0: Good
2: call. Right. So if you want a couple, you know.
1: Yeah. So we're done with we bought a zoo. Uh,
2: yeah we we bought it. We bought it. Next week we're going to do Aloha. Yeah. <whistles> so Ooh. this is the thing. You know, it's so funny. It's like crow. Gets away from maybe being a little too crowy. Makes yeah. a pretty formula movie.
1: Back on base, he just got it's, his sea legs back. It it, it does yeah.
2: fine, and he's like, "Great! Now I can make
1: my movie about the militarization of space." Here we go! You know, like he swerves right back out of the re- out re- of the skin. Remember that movie that people didn't want me to make for almost a decade? <laughs>
2: that movie that kept falling
1: apart, almost as if it's. Cursed, Right. Huh. Right. Anyway, I think I'm starting to be a great Asian Despite lady. having some of those popular stars in Hollywood, people don't want to make it. Well, let me get now the most popular stars in Hollywood and try to make it again. God.
2: Anyway, aloha. That's going to be fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We bought the zoo. And
1: that's great. That's great how you guys doing? uh I'm doing well. I have a segment a uh, closing segment i wanna i wanna throw out here. This is a new segment It's gonna be a recurring segment for you know the rest of uh, at least this mini series yes, it's called tips for watching the tick pilot on amazon <laughs> go ahead in the sure. window between August nineteenth and September nineteenth Oh, it's only a month yes well, that's. That's why I'm going to start the segment. And then they pull it off. Yes. I'm going to start the segment to answer some commonly asked questions and give you tips for how your view can make the biggest impact for me. Right. Okay? Uh, Amazon's pilot season is that they put these pilots up online Mm -hmm. and they gauge, you know, they lick their finger, they hold it up to the wind, and they take the temperature and they go, "Uh, do people want more of these? Uh, And, uh, you know, if people want more of this, then I have a job. Right, so you want that to be picked up. Very badly. Uh, Understood. Yes. Uh, and not just any job, uh, my dream job. And uh, a project I love, a character that is near and dear to me, I grew up loving, I am now uh, very personally attached to, want to continue doing. Um, so uh, people have asked a lot, uh, what, how do I watch it, where do I watch it, when do I watch it, uh, what, is it voting, all of this. So I just want to, you know, just pump into the public consciousness, week by week remind them that the thing's happening because there is this 30-day window. So it goes online August 19th. On September 19th, it will be pulled because what Amazon likes to do is if they pick the show up, when they film the season, they retool the pilot a little so the thing is a little more cohesive season-wide. So you have a 30-day window to watch it. Do you need to have Amazon Prime to watch it? No. Anyone can go onto the homepage and watch the show. But David, this is very... Very important. Yes. This has been imparted to me by my boss, Ben Edlund, who apparently heard this from higher-ups at Amazon. If you start watching the show, and then you go, oh, fuck, dinner plans, and you pause it, and you go out, and then later you come back home and you watch the whole thing, well, uh, Amazon's computer system is going to look at that like, oh, you gave up on the show. Okay. You were kind of bored. So be ready. To vote a half hour. Yes, and and this is big. We're not talking one of these fucking Netflix, not these sixty-five 60 minute, minute. Yeah, get, this ain't no get down. Get the fuck out of here. Amazon's going wham bam. Thank you, ma'am or sir. Yes. Uh, th- this this is a thirty-minute pilot. Right. A straight shot a tick, but you gotta you gotta carve out a window. That was great. That's my Griffin. tip for this week. When you watch the pilot, make sure you have 30 minutes and you can watch it to the end, to the last credits. We got it. Great. And this segment will be coming back every week and people are going to love it. When they hear this segment, <laughs> they're going to go, hoo, 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 hoo. oh, this is so funny. This is the funniest part of this podcast. Yes. Great. Um, cool. That's the end of that segment. Uh, thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, please uh, rate, review. Wait, you don't have a burger report? No, what's I do I have no, I don't I don't have one. I went to Comic Con. I I desperately looked. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any any whatsoever. Sure, I saw Anna Gasteyer in a in an airport. I once saw Anna Nier eat a burger, but this was before the podcast. I didn't think it was worth telling. I don't I don't have a burger report.
0: I, I I'm like I'm out, man.
2: Yeah, we basically got. The yeah. last one out of you, the one where you had to bleep the
1: name. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that was a good one.
2: That was a great uh, look,
1: one. Look, I mean, look, I'm constantly scouring, and, uh, you know, now now that, uh, look, here here's an incentive to people. Ticket's gets picked up, I get a season, I become some uh, big-time uh, FAMO.
2: Maybe you'll get some more burger reports. I might get
1: invited into those FAMO burger joints, you know, get to watch. So, you know, that's, if you're a blankie, and you like yourself some burger reports, you gotta watch the Tick. But you gotta watch it from beginning to end. David is nodding his head so hard that he literally shook his headphones straight off.
2: How long have we been running, Benny?
1: Uh,
2: an hour forty.
1: Well, this is the end of this episode.
2: We bought the zoo, and we were happy to buy you guys some of our time today. I, I don't know. I didn't know what Couldn't to do. Couldn't have put it better. I didn't myself. know what to do. Great. Uh, we're done. Subscribe. Yep. Listen.
1: Recommend to friends. Yes, please. We'll be back next week uh, for Aloha. Yep. I believe Pod Aloha, with with, uh, with Esther
2: Zuckerman of the AV Club. Yes. My great friend Esther Zuckerman. R- written for and many staff. great
1: outlets. Uh, has written, written for, for the Atlantic Wire Twenty
2: Nine Entertainment Weekly. Ever
1: heard of them? Yep. You fucking idiot.
2: Yep.
1: Read a magazine exactly. or a blog. Exactly. You fucking piece of shit. <sighs> Podloha next week with <laughs> Esther Zuckerman, the great Esther Zuckerman. Uh huh. And as always, well, I just I just remember the one important thing we forgot to set up. Ben, what's up, Ben? Do you want to share with the listeners your favorite part of the
0: movie? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah. Let's do it. We oh, do have to well, do this is, before we
1: end the episode
0: as well. Not to get ends. this close. To the Come on, just shut up and let him do it. Okay, yeah. Scarlett Johansson, very cute. Uh, cute. I like her. Great. She said my name throughout the movie.
1: <laughs> Great. Okay. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, and as always, I'm slightly worried that I'm going to be put on a sex offenders registry watch list for talking about all fanning that much. Yep. Makes sense. A little, little bit worried. All right. Okay.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Bye is. <laughs>